river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 88. So when last we left you, stuff. Yeah, um... The most awesome... The most awesome horse ever, stuff. Yes, you had a horse riding competition with Wind Chaser, the awakened intelligent horse. Which might have been the coolest thing Kalen's ever done. And convinced him to join Team Kalen. Which, might, which made Kalen extremely happy. You have brought him back to the kingdom. You have um, brought his, his strong herd back to the kingdom. Uh, and my castle is now more awesome. Mm-hmm. And... I have failed the horse retrieval quest and convinced yep. the spoiled rich girl's daddy to buy her a pony, which just looks like one of the pony that she wants. Mm-hmm. And she's very upset and will be forever and ever and ever. And she doesn't love her daddy anymore. But she's getting a pony that looks... She's getting a horse that looks just like the horse that she wants. Well, then she might love her daddy again, but she wants it now. (laughs) Yes, I think you're underestimating the spoil. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of his problem. Yes, yes, it definitely is. It's a problem entirely of his own making. (laughs) Uh, So... Your kingdom got, I think, economy bonuses from having these awesome horses as a part of it. Which is fantastic, because we um, have failed, um, I think, two economy yeah, two economy checks in a row and are very poor. But yes, we have we have more money from that. And we also got um, bon- economy bonuses from Brevoy bribing us. Yep. Uh, can you give me a pen or a pencil if I'm sort of writing it for you? That'll sound like a useful thing just remembering that um, I haven't actually printed out Winchester stats, not that it probably matters enormously. And all of your other PCs at this point go up to having advanced war horses. Cool! Because they can pick the best of the herd, basically. That's sweet. Uh, the entire herd are advanced war horses. Yeah. But when Chaser can, you know, tell them, okay, these are the good people, they ride you now. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then... 
So yes, once you um, are able to get me stats for Winchester, I will buy him some gear. But there is no special urgency about that. It's just yep. something I'm going to do. Yep. And then, um... If you particularly want it done, we can pause so I can go sort it out. No, that's, um, that's not startling the urgent. So that was the month of Rhodius, yep. um, where we explored, found Winchester, and then, um... Just kind of headed headed back, mm-hmm. and um, oh yes, and this that was also the month of the Tiger Lord Army just kind of vanished. Yep, into the ether. Yep, I have no idea what's happened to them, and um, yeah, I think um, we will have a new kingdom turn. Um, actually, what we will do is have a council, uh, some conversation about um, sinister plans for Drelev and then a um, and then a kingdom turn. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about um, means of defeating Drelev. Mm-hmm. So, um, the thinking was I can send in the army, um, sneak in and try and um, uh, injure things personally, or um, uh, and uh, try and take him out personally, or um, wait for the um, rebellion to reach a critical mass. Yeah. So yes, so you're having a meeting with your council regarding this. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of discussion and info dumping and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So basically, what you've got is. You can go kill Greylev, yeah, um, by literally infiltrating his castle, yeah, smashing into it with force, um, and then murdering him with via axe to head, yeah. Um, but to do that, you also need to remove or ally with all his follow-on legitimate followers because well, I don't want Greylev too. Yeah, well, there's no, there's no point, say, killing him and leaving his wife in charge. Um, and, you know, if you kill them all and leave, say, Quintessa Moray there without making any sort of form of alliance or deal with her, she's the logical next ruler of Fort Relev. Yeah. Um, so you, you need to either either kill or ally your way through his council yeah. in whatever fashion. Um, the other one is you can go smash the walls down with an army. Yeah. Uh, you can wait until the rebellion gains enough power that they themselves kick Drelev out. Yeah. Um, that one leaves you vulnerable to whatever happens next, but because you're sort of stage managing the rebellion, that's probably in your favour. Yeah. And that one's really just a waiting game. Yeah. Alright. Um, I think what we might do is... Um, give it a couple more months to see, explore a bit more, see how the rebellion progresses. Mm-hmm. And um, if it hasn't gotten to that point, we might um, possibly try sneaking in again and um, possibly take up um, Corwin's suggestion and make a play for the treasury. Yep. Because um, the main challenge I had before, with, you know, because we didn't poke around and look for it through the secret passage and we probably can't go in through the secret passage... But what I could do is sneak in with Michaela in disguise, attend a party, and then sneak off afterwards and go rob the treasury. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Alright, so with those priorities set, we roll 
out of Rorodius into the next month. Rover. Rover, indeed. It is the start of autumn. Alright, yep. And roll for stability. Yep. I make it. And lose a point of unrest. What comes next? Fill magic item slots? Uh, Stability, pay consumption, fill magic item slots. Consumption, of course. Okay, yep. Um, I have one vacant magic item slot. Uh, they're all major. Uh, sorry, not major. Uh, whatever the, the middle one is. The medium one. Medium. Yes. Okay. Uh, brace for thrills. One day there's going to be something actually exciting. Yep. It's a wand of contagion. Okay. You can give people diseases with it. Mm-hmm. Or I can not give people diseases with it. Alright. And I'm just going to clear that out immediately to show my enthusiasm for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, usual Royal Enforcer or not? No, I'm good. Assign leadership, claim an amount of Next is, bill, 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 bill. Bill, bill, Yep. So, um, I am building a road in A3. Yep. That's completing my route directly across the top into, from um, Elk's Rest into um, the road that connects us to Fort Dreyleth. For no particular reason. For yep. no particular reason. Um, I am claiming um, B3 in Varnhold, which is the Crooked Falls. Yep. I don't know if that's a landmark, but I was it thinking... It is indeed. Yep. Or is it the Crooked Falls on the Shrike Cascade? I already have the Shrike Cascade. Um, Crooked Falls are also a landmark. There's a series of cascading waterfalls that break at all these different tributary points. Cool. The Shrike Cascade is the coolest one, but the Crooked yep. Falls is still pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean... The uh, scale is such that all landmarks are equal because yeah. it just get exceedingly difficult to do it any other way. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, it is a landmark, so you gain the landmark bonus, which is loyalty. 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 Yep. Okay. Stagthorns, Stagthorns people are proud to have the Crooked Falls now as a part of them. Yep. It was one of those things Vaughn always wanted to get around to claiming. But... Yeah. Well, in fact, he actually had, um, if not that, some very neighbouring hexes. Yes. So he was clearly working his way up there. But then he sort of, he lost the neighbouring hexes and it was clearly going back downhill. And um, I am building a farm in it. Yep. Um, I am also building a um, house and an inn in Merkvale. Mm-hmm. Um, thus um, removing my, unre- my remaining point of unrest and improving my economy. Yep. And Merkvale's base value, which was not super large, but is now greater. Yep. That's the turn, that's the turn then, build a house and inn in Merkvale. Yep. Okay, and then you are on to economy, collect taxes. Yes. It all hangs on this. Oh, that looks like a good enough number. It is a good enough number. I make my economy check. And that, oh, that was the other, that's the thing I keep forgetting, is, um, so yes, the Kingdom Treasury goes up to a nice healthy 42 points, Mm -hmm. build points, which is Considerably more money than we have had for some time. And um, I wanted to check on Kalen's stats, because he now has an 18 
Yep. To a 12. Uh, so that becomes 3 by my math. Sweet. I was wondering if it did indeed go up a point. Okay, and a couple of the kingdom stats improve. And I'm all good. So, um, yes. Um, any kingdom events that occur in the month of Rover. Yes, but, um, I am failing here. Yep, let's leave that there. So, shall I give you the dum-dum-dum? Yep. Uh, so yes, there is indeed a kingdom event in Rover. Uh, the Church of Gorham have now gotten themselves organised. Ah, enough. yes. Um, after Orvenbane's destruction, that basically you are now receiving uh, form- a formal communication from the Church of Gorham of the River Kingdoms. Yep, the Unified Signed, signed by a wide variety of the High Priests, including the one in your kingdom, Daggermarks, you know, yep. uh, Pythaxes, etc., etc., and a bunch of other external kingdoms who you loosely interact with yep. and remove. Um, so... They have sent you a formal communique um, that they are extremely displeased by your actions regarding the destruction of the holy relic of the Church of Gorham, Orvenbane. And had you but requested their wisdom, you know, they would have told you that it was going to be safely contained in a vault for the good of all the River Kingdoms and the Church of the Iron Lord. Yeah. Um, in light of your... Um, in light of your offence against Gorham... Uh, they call upon the people of your kingdom to uh, show their fidelity to the Iron Lord um, and to let their leadership know exactly what they think. Uh, and then the word hits on the street that sort of the Church of Gorham says you guys are probably going to get destroyed in the next war you fight because that's what happens when you offend the God of War. Yeah. Um, and your citizens are unhappy and particularly... Uh, Particularly, the church calls for the leadership of Stagthorn, who have ties to the Church of Gorham, to stand up and show their true allegiance. Yep. Uh, so all the followers of Gorham on your council are being asked to leave your council. Right. Oh, and um, if you want rumours, I can give them to you as well. Okay. But if you don't want them, that's fine. I am perfectly happy to have rumours, sweetheart. No doubt heard about the old but dangerous saber-toothed tiger called Speartooth. Uh, I heard about the missing hunter who was eaten by Speartooth. Yep. yep, I, I, I have indeed heard about Speartooth. Uh, have you heard that Drelev is has actually been a plant from Pytax from yes. the start? Yes, and that he was defeated by Ravetti on purpose. Uh, there's a secret tunnel between dungeons of Drelev Keep and a hidden exit. Yes, I heard that rumour. That old it's... hook tongue has not been sighted in many years. Perhaps he died. Uh, I don't. I don't think that I've got that one. Then you receive the rumour that no one has seen old hook tongue in a considerable period of time, yeah. and people theorise that he's dead. Yep. You don't think that's true? No. Uh, on the Pytaxian side of the equation, because you don't have all of these ones yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you got that really cool line about how Erevetti was under the spell of a vampire priestess of... Um, yes, Gyra. under the spell of priestess of, of Gyrax, who lives in a cave under his palace, and they're both vampires, and the armor protects him from the sun. Yeah, that'd be Gyrona. Gyrona. Yeah. Yes, no, I've just written Gyrona very badly. Okay. Uh... 
I have um, another one for you that you haven't had. Yeah. Uh, there is an old abbey or a place called White Rose Hill in Pytax's region. Yep. It's supposed to have been um, used by priest- priests and priestesses of six or seven different gods at this point. No one has ever made a success of it. They say it is haunted and drives away any any gods that attempt to any servants of the gods that attempt to make rest there. Voice of the editor here. Here we ran into an interruption and ended the session there. Uh, for the purposes of this episode, I've just immediately combined it with the next session that we ran all in one recording. All right, so I'm awake again. Yep. Continuing on. Uh, the Church of Gorham. Are angry. Yes, they have sent... Um, you yourself have, have received um, what is what is literally a formal letter that has been signed by a dozen different high priests from kingdoms, including Stagthorn, across the River Kingdoms. Um, and people who will have varying degrees of power from the ones, you know, the guy that's the high priest of Gorham in Erebeti's kingdom is probably quite capable of doing something to you about it. The guy that's in the kingdom that's three kingdoms down from you, probably not so much. Yeah, but he signed you know, the in, letter in to let me know that there, he's, he's, he's upset, but he's not even... Yeah, yeah. He's pissed, but he's, and he's, he's, he's putting his, he's putting his signature on this piece of parchment to let me know yeah. that he's pissed off. Yeah, he signed a petition. Yeah. Which, as we know, <laughs> is a way of achieving effective action. Yeah. <laughs> Are you thinking of that Calvin strip? To quick to the bat facts. No, more just the generally, you know, if we get enough signatures, people will totally do the thing we want. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, so uh, the church is demanding uh, demanding a show of vital- uh, fidelity from your people. Yeah. And demanding that they let you know how unhappy they are with this. Yeah. Now, your church, sorry, your kingdom, because you elected to get in bed with the Church of Gorham at the start. Yeah. Um, now actually has a fair number of Goramites within it. Basically, yes. when you started, you know, because you had a hundred people, you yeah. know, ten of them were Goramites. Yeah. Now that you have thousands of people, hundreds of them are Goramites. Yeah. So they are enough to be a significant political force of discontent. Yes. Uh, and because they are Goramites, they are enough to... Um, they're the sort of people inclined to actually start fights and riots and that sort of thing yep. over it. As they're opposed, ra- as they're opposed rowdy to, types. If they were Abadarans and you pissed off the Church of Abadar, you'd be getting hit economically yep. rather than by warfare. Well, like, when I pissed off the Kadpishi, they hit me with trade sanctions, which is not... And they are, of course, very Abadarian people. Uh, Whereas um, if they were Goramites, they might have sent a few boats over to try and teach me the error of my way... Or teleported in a hit squad to try and teach me the error of my ways. So... You may make a, um, a sense gorum motive here. <laughs> sense gorum motive? Uh, uh, okay. Which Michaela can also do, because you have access to all your... Yes, I, I, I wish Michaela to make this check, but Kaylin will add a... Never to add a buff to the gorum motive sensing and pull it off, let's say, plus two bonus. Okay, bring it to a 30. Yep. So, as you are sitting around discussing this... Yeah. Um, you know, going over these letters and what they mean and this sort of thing. And then you have a bunch of angry letters from your own citizens. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Michaela says, hmm. Well, letter writing and petitions are not really Gorham's forte, but uh, I sense that if we had, if we still had the sword available, 
then we may be seeing an alliance of armies, mercenary companies, soldiers, and the like coming to claim it from us. But there's no profit for them in a war where there's no prize for them to be won. There's no point attacking us simply out of spite. That's more Callistra's bag. Aye, I know. Caelan says with the further tone of a man who has mechs who's a devotee of Callistra. <laughs> it's probably fortuitous that we got rid of the sword, and if I read the mood of the people right, and the reactions to this that are going on right now, um, they would be far more upset about it if you had defied a direct instruction from the Church of Gorum. But as you're technically correct, the best kind of correct, <laughs> you could not have possibly known <coughs> that they would, you know, request the sword back again. Nay, who could have possibly guessed that the Church would want their ancient holy artifact back? Not, not a dim half-orc like me, certainly. Well, let us wait and see what the people in the street do. Uh, and at this point, can you give me a loyalty check for yep. your people? Add a plus five bonus because of the technical correctness. Cool. I make that loyalty check. Okay. So, people are upset. There are not riots. There are demonstrations in which bottles are thrown and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um... And I would imagine, given the Church of Caelan Caelan bit, drunken bar fights about it. Very much so. <laughs> um, there are loud arguments and fights, and several people riot and complain, and some property damage is done, and that sort of thing, over the next week or two. But it's pretty minor. It's not minor enough to actually... It's not major enough to actually manifest as unrest or build point damage, or etc, etc, etc. So, in terms of your citizenry... You just kind of get away with this. A couple of irate people say, well, you know, we're leaving this kingdom because it's going to be destroyed in the next war. Yeah. And you go, okay, well, yeah, go, off go, go a couple of citizens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, go ahead. Um, I'm sure there's lots of peace and stability and safety to be had in Brevoy or Fort Traylon. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, and then we come to the other half of that. The councillors. Yes, they requested that people in prominent positions in your city um, show their displeasure personally. Which um, is an interesting, which is an interesting position to put those guys in, given that I'm also required to keep a, a um, devotee of Gorham on my council. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just very interested in how that's going to go down. So that is Akros and Chief Soot Scales. Yes, um, there are other people that pay. Um, some, you know, service to Gorham, but those two are strict and firm followers of Gorham. Chief yep. Scales wasn't, but, I but you actively encouraged him to become one. And now he is, yes. yes. Now there's a logical consequence, and of course I would potentially be having problems with Crystal as well if she was still on there. Although it's hard to say in her case, because it was more that the church approved of her, and I think unless that she was actually a devotee. Yeah, she was She was a violent person by her nature, she was yeah. not heavily religious. Yeah. Um, but Akaros, of course, is a follower of Gorham. Chief Soot-Scales is a very explicit follower of Gorham. They both meet the Gorham requirement on my council, and thus it's a thing. All right. And so they will come to see you. Um, I don't know that we desperately want to do this in character. We've kind of already had this argument. With yeah, them. yeah, I, I had a big argument with them already. Um, both of them are unhappy. Both of them are getting pressure from their religious superiors. Uh, Chief Soot-Scale is actively inducted into the Church of Gorham, the formal structure such as it exists, 
Akaros is not. He's a big bruiser who, you know, approves of Gorham because Gorham encourages him to hit things. Yeah. Yes, I think it's like if he had, um, if his family had directed him into that church, his life path might have gone down a, a better and easier road. So Akaros's position is the same as it was that you're stupid for getting rid of the big magic sword, and yeah. now you've upset these people, and now they're bitching at me, and you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. now I'm supposed to make them happy, and etc., etc. Yeah, so Akaros is pissed. <laughs> Chief Sootscale's position is a lot more nuanced, and probably something Caleb would sympathise more with. Um, it's as if, you know, what what would Caelan do if the Church of Aristotle came to him and said, you know, this guy has violated our, um, you know, Chief Sootscales has violated our covenants. You yep. know, you need to get rid of him. Yeah. And then you'd be facing the pick between doing what your church approves of and doing what you think you should. And either way, you wouldn't be happy with the decision. Yeah, and I relate very much to Chief Sootscales' position because Caelan, of course, has been in that exact situation with Akros. <laughs> Yeah, so that is where he is sitting. Yeah. Uh, and both of them have been asked in so many words. That's better. Yep. You okay with that? Yep, just fine. Both of them have been asked in so many words to uh, hand you their resignations. Yeah. Walk away as a protest to the council, um, which indeed will leave you with a problem in that you ha- have a formal deal with the Church of Gorham. Yeah. Although how long that'll last. Yeah, yeah. The, um, at the point where I lose my Gorham counsellors because the Church encourages them to leave me, I'm going to make that my first deal I break. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they can't, they can't ask me to appoint a new Gorham guy when they got rid of my old Gorham guys. Uh, or they, rather they can, they screw have, them. They have not told them to, to resign. Yeah. They have told them to show where their loyalties lie. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. It, that's pretty clearly what they're asking for, but it's ambiguous enough, yeah. politically speaking. Yeah, I get you. Well, that's the same game I'm playing, so fair enough. Uh, so Akaros and Chief Sootscale are both um, upset, annoyed, and angry about this, and now it is a question of their personal loyalty to your kingdom. Yeah. Both of these guys have been with you since the foundations of Stagthorn. Yeah. Uh, both of them have been in positions of power since the foundation of Stagthorn. Except for that Akros has been kicked out of a position of power. Yeah. He did He did try to murder that one paladin. <laughs> and Chief Sootscale says, I am torn. You have done well by me and my kobold clan. You have always treated us fairly and justly. But to invite the Iron Lord's displeasure in this for your own personal religious beliefs, he says, nodding very slightly, he says to acknowledge the irony. (laughs) He's upset because of his own personal religious beliefs. You intend, you invite chaos, you you invite war upon the kingdom. I truly do not know which side the scale kobolds should take. Yeah, Zachros, what he said. I'll be, um, I'd be very sorry to lose either of you. You've both done a lot for me. But, um, I, of all people, understand, um, the demands religion can place on a man. This has to be your call. But, um, whatever choice you make, I won't forget what either of you have done for me. And, and he looks at G. Sootscales. Or what the Sootscale kobolds have done for this, for this kingdom. Whatever comes between you and I. I would like to think the kobolds could continue in the same arrangements we've had before. Alright, and now you come to the loyalty checks. Yeah. Uh, one for Akaros, one for Chief Sootscales. Okay, how does this work? Uh, because the 
you've got a kingdom loyalty stat. Well, the, the, I am making two you are kingdom. making two kingdom loyalty checks um, <clears throat> to assess their personal level of loyalty to the kingdom because the kingdom is what's important here, and you threw it. Yeah. So, in order, Akaros. Yeah, I'll do Akaros because he's further up the council yep. list. And I make it. And Chief Sutsuke. And I make it. Yeah. So, Akaros says, Ugh, fuck. Okay. We're going to make some sort of deal here, right? The church is on my back to show my displeasure about this. But I don't want to resign because, well, being the general gets me a lot of pussy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Akaros. Yeah. You know. So, you and I are going to make a deal, okay? I'm not going to resign, and we're going to settle this like men. We're going to go out and punch each other with iron gauntlets on our fists until one of us is blo- until one of us is bloodied enough that, that they, until one of us is bloodied enough that the ref says it's over. That way, I've done my bit for the church. You've done your bit as a king, and we're all in a good place. Yeah, good. <laughs> Frankly, I wish we could solve a lot more political disputes this way. Chief Sutscale sort of looks at this. Um, he, his um, his tongue flickers out and sort of flicks at his teeth several times, which you recognise as the cobalt equivalent of face palming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the pussy thing, Kalen's hand did briefly hit his forehead. He says, "Akaros, you know, wanders out at this yeah. point." Chief Sutscale says, "That will solve one problem in a very Akarosian way." Yeah, I think you take the world a bit more seriously than he does. Not like that's hard. I understand where you have come from, and what you have done, why you have done what you did with Orphan Bane. But I have been the leader of the Sutscale Cobalts for nearly thirty years now. Three, six times your experience as a king, admittedly of a bigger kingdom. I recognise when a game is being played. And I recognize the politics behind destroying the sword before you could be asked not to. I understand why you play the game that way, but it does not mean I am fooled by it. I will accept this, and I understand why you have done why you have done what you have done. I will not agree with it. I do not agree with it, but nor do I require any further explanation or recompense from you in this matter. But next time you play this game with me. There will be consequences. Do we understand each other, Gamer? Aye. Good. I wish to keep the peace between the kobolds and the humanoids of Stagthorn. It has been beneficial to all of us. But I am... Being a chief of a small kobold tribe makes me better at political games, not worse. Aye. And I don't like playing... I don't like playing games with my own people. At some... I. What's done is done, but I'll try and keep you and Akros in the loop better if a similar situation comes up again, so you can so you can speak your piece. Unlike Akros, I have learned not to pick a losing fight. Let us leave it there. He shakes your hand <laughs> as well, and then you go out and you know thump Akaros round and yeah. Akaros thumps you a couple of times yeah. and 
you both come back with, uh, and he will get you to go with him to the high priest of Gorum in your kingdom with conspicuously bloody lips and split eyebrows and things and yeah. show him that, you know, we've settled our differences, you know, in combat like we should. And the priest is like, okay. <laughs> like, that's a fair and valid interpretation. I have to accept that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of stuck with that. If you're gonna if you're gonna um, if you're gonna preach that uh, violence is basically the solution to all of life's problems, you can't argue when people dispute settle disputes that way. And the high priest warns you. You know, well, the kingdom has made its displeasure shown, and there are so many faithful Goromites in Stagborn that the Iron Lord will one hopes not turn his blade against us and crush us in our next war. But if I were you, I would be personally wary. Recent events, events aside, I um, I don't want any trouble from the Iron Lord. He may not be um, he may not be the god I personally follow, but I res- I do respect him. And um, it's as a man who's been a mercenary and now is a king, I know it's um best to keep on his good side. There's not a lot I can do about what's past, but I'll do my best to um, not occur as displeasure again, which is the best I can do, I think. Go with strength, Caitlin Thorne, mm. as opposed to go in peace, because yeah. go in peace is not really a gore thing. Yeah, I mean, the reality is when you've got a constituency which on the one hand includes Nerissa, and on the other hand includes guys like Akaros, and, um, it's um, not a, keeping everybody happy is not exactly easy. On the other hand, I'm pretty happy with that as a resolution. I would have been gutted to lose either of those guys. But um, I get what Chief Scott Scales is saying. He's saying that's one, and I I accept that. (laughs) I take that seriously. All right, and that is one of it. Off your tour for this kingdom, channel. Oh, there was another one? Okay. There was another one. Alright, yes, so I settled my differences with the Church of Gorum, you or, know, to a point. Not so much an event as an information update. Yeah. Uh, you, at around this point, receive a, by, via secret courier, effectively, yeah. a long and complicated, because literally via secret courier through the old Beldame and Huxley. Yeah. Uh, as your spy master and your enforcer. Yeah. Um, from Lord Terrian Nemesti and another one from Lillian, uh, Lillian Mavashti and, um, Quintessa Moray does not send you any, any lengthy open communique, merely an unsigned letter that says information, you know, has been passed. And it's obvious in what Lillian and Terrian write that she's working with them. Oh, neat. Um, because she's not openly throwing down on your side, whereas those two are. Yeah, but she has managed to find her way, because I wasn't going to compromise them because I wasn't 100% certain of her loyalties, but if if they've found their way to each other, that's good. So you have a lengthy pile of information that, reading between the lines, she has approached them and told them a bunch of stuff about what's going on in the palace, and etc., etc., so amalgamating this giant pile of information yep. and facts you have, which are things on trade routes, the happiness of the people, etc., etc. This is how well the uprising... I call it an uprising. Yeah. If you have a better word. Um, um, I mean, I'm thinking in terms of, like, rebellion. Yeah, and, it's um, not rebellion because there's no violence happening. Yeah, yet. yeah, this is... This is um, the this the is sentiment we, against against Drelev as well. Yeah, yeah the, this is how the... Um, this is how the... Um, Plotting against Drelev as Yeah, Tyrion refers to it as towards the free liberation of Fort Drelev. Lillian refers to it as making that bastard pay. Yep. 
Um, and they talk about the... And I bet Cassandra would refer to it as rebalancing the political stability of the kingdom or something really, really mealy-mouthed so you can't tell what she's really talking about. They talk about the good things that you have um, accomplished and what the people on the street think about it because they're passing word along to those who are, who matter about what the, the bits that you have done and that yep. sort of thing. So I'll probably just drop out of character for this again. Yep. And give you... Um, what you have done that is adding points to your liberation total. Cool. So, for starters, rescuing Tyrion the Mesty has been a big thing. Yeah. Uh, that has put him in a position where he can work with a whole bunch of people. Um, he is considered to be trusted by a number of sources um, because he was already in a power base, un- yep. unlike Lillian. Yeah. Um, so, rescuing him has added six points onto your total. Cool. Uh, Killing the threat of Armagh the Twiceborn, which has been... Drelev has claimed to have done it himself and driven off the Tiger Lords yeah. somehow without moving his army and rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Uh, Gregory does a pretty good job of spinning that, but the people in the know are getting word quietly that, that it was Kaelin's yeah. responsibility. Um, so killing Armagh has added another six points to you. Cool. Uh, rescuing all the nobles' daughters provides pretty high evidence to all the minor nobles of the kingdom of literally their daughters came home and said, yeah, the half-orc rescued us, so there's not much uh, room for deception there. Yeah. Uh, That's netted you another four. Given those girls, I imagine what they said is Lord Tristram, um, the the handsome magister rescued us, and, you know, Caelan, but he belongs to the kingdom of Stagfoot. Having an alliance with Quintessa Moray has given you another two. Oh, cool. Um, And um, then you have six months worth, at the end of this month, you have six months worth of fomenting the rebellion. Yeah. Which has added another six to you. Neat. So that sits you on a total of 18. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, um, sorry, more than that. Obviously, comes up. Yeah, it sets um, me on a total of X number. Yeah, uh, and the word coming from them is basically, in absence of you doing anything, they expect that this is now being fomented to the point where within a couple of months it is going to break out from just discord into an active rebellion at which point there is probably going to be fighting on the streets and that sort of thing. So in a couple of months, you are going to hit the point where you have enough points to liberate Fort Drelev without having to attack it with your army. Um, you can accelerate that by making more alliances, removing more people from power. Uh, obviously, removing Drelev from power yeah. will get you more points on that total. Yeah. Um, you can simply do nothing and let it happen without your input altogether, but then you lose control of how the situation resolves itself. Yeah, no. No, that's definitely not what I want. Um, so entirely up to you what you want to do with it. You can push this over the edge by performing a bunch of activities immediately. You can let it ferment for another couple of months and then be on the ground when it pops. Um, um, up to you entirely. Yep. So, um... But effectively, you've now hit the point where if you just continue to accrue the point that you get every month for having people on the ground fomenting rebellion against Drelev, then eventually Fort Drelev will, will collapse in on itself. Yeah. In a, in a good way. That's yeah, what yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. No, the, um, that's good to, it's good to know that we're, um, we're making progress in that regard. So, um, the way I see it, there's a couple of things I could do here. 
is um but the only two that I can think of that like obviously I can just wait for this to happen. Uh, and you are also not losing any points for having done anything personally that is disruptive to Fort Rayleigh if you haven't been murdering a bunch of people in the streets or whatever in that neighborhood. Cool. There's there's several ways in which you can lose points, none of which Kalen has done, all of which require you to be fairly stupid. Yeah. So um the way I see it, there's a couple of things that I could do here. Um like I could send, at this point, send the army in, yeah. which I'm not particularly keen on. I could um, keep exploring hexes and see if I can find more things that give me points in the hexes. Yeah. Um, I could um, take Michaela and go infiltrate, infiltrate Fort Drelev's ball and see if I can make some more alliances on the ground. Yeah. Or I could um, start claiming Drelev's hexes and see if it forces it. And when I, as I say them out loud... I think I want to go in and see what the situation on the ground is, and actually see if we can make any deals. Like, the, the ship is starting to sink, yep. actually sink, and I want to get some people to desert him, because Drelev's the only one I want to take down. So, I can I can give you the information based off lengthy council, lengthy council debates occur. Yeah. Um, what basically comes back with this is, if you've got your army there on the ground, when you hit the right number of liberation points then literally the gates will open, they'll sweep in, and take Fort Drelev largely unopposed. The yep. castle will remain solid, because that's where all Drelev's loyalists are. You'll have yep. to go in and kick some ass personally. Yeah. Because you're a dead adventurer, yes. and kicking ass personally is what, what you do. What I do. Um, if you don't have anyone there to control that situation, and you, you need an army, not just yep. you personally, then it will break out into fighting in the streets and civil war and whatever the end result of that is. Um... If you go remove, if you go make a bunch more alliances and drop o- hop over your points that way without controlling the situation, what will probably happen is somebody will make an effort to remove Drelev for you, right. depending on who you're allying with and what you're promising them and what you're asking for them. Um, and if you sweep in and remove Drelev and his supporters yourself and have a couple of good alliances to go with, then you can just present a fate to complain to the people. Yeah. You just kind of walk out of the castle and go, I'm king now. Yeah. So, okay, so what I, where I want to get to, Yep. Um, what I want to achieve is I want to have my army on the ground when I hit the magic number, yep. and have a, and have a transition where Kaelin, um, where, I, I want that. I want the one where the army sweeps up to the gates and the citizenry let me in. Sure. That's what I want to go for. Yep. Um, so I'm happy to, you know, so what I want to work out with, via secret correspondence or possibly getting into the city and talking to them or whatever is how I can swing this with the resistance points to get to the point where the army is ready when they're ready. Yep. So, so actually have a planned rebellion, not just wait till the citizenry can't take it anymore and start fighting yeah. each other. So functionally, it's now, this is Kingdom Turn Rover ending. Yeah. Uh, that will be your Kingdom event in Neth two, right. two months from now. Okay. Uh, and basically when we roll through the Kingdom Turn and get to the Kingdom event, I'll say, right, this is now happening. Yeah. And you've activated your army X period of time and send it up and coordinate and blah, 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 and then it happens. Yeah. Okay, that sounds really good. I want to go with that as my plan then, yep. and then I will deal with the situation on the gr- instead of going in and trying to topple them faster, yep. because that way I've got the army ready to go because I know when it's happening. I will um, go in and um, deal with what the situation in the castle 
as it is. Yep. So I'll keep poking around his hexes and finding stuff out. Well, actually, I could keep... Po- and then I'll ask for your preference. Yep. I would be happy to keep poking around hexes and finding out more stuff. It, it, because, you know, you said there's still some interesting stuff in yeah, there. Yeah. I would also be happy to, at this point, just roll forward to the big dramatic conclusion. I'm perfectly happy with either or. So, you know, okay. Um, one is as good as the other. I don't know how many hexes you've still got to poke, but... Um... Let, let me have a look at that, because that seems relevant. Um... Alright, uh, no, that's the kingdom sheet. The, the only other thing of relevance to you is if you want to make any more deals with any of Drelev's counsellors, yeah. um, then you you either need to do so in advance or do it potentially at sword point while you're in, invading the castle. Yeah. The only one I really, really don't want to get hurt in the process is Lynette. Yeah, and of, of that list, just to remind yeah. you as a player, yeah. you've got King Hannes Drelev, Queen Pavaretta. Uh, and Emekis strewn our family to each other. Yeah. You don't know how strong Emekis is, um. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he cares about his sister. Yeah. You don't know how much he cares about Drelev. Yeah. Theoretically, you could actually reach arrangements with any of those guys, even Drelev. Because yeah. if it comes to get your head cut off or, um, give me things in exchange for you getting things, he'll probably deal. Yeah. But I don't know how much you want to no, get no, down. No, 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 the, but... um, Drelev is getting his hair chopped off. There is no other, unless he gets away. Uh, Quintessa has actively made arrangements to yeah. you where she says, I'm going to sit on the sideline and do very little up until you've, uh, but I won't, I will neither actively oppose you nor actively help you. Yeah. Um, Garnet Bonepicker is dead. Yep. Uh, Hand, his treasurer, you have had no contact with whatsoever. Yep. And the only thing, what you've been told about him is that he won't actually notice when the king's change as long as the spreadsheets don't. Yep. Uh, Lynette is the half-orc cleric of Gorham. Yep. Um, who will yeah, be so automatically upset with you. Yeah, yeah, I imagine she's pissier with me uh, now. And the high priestess. Right, of, yep. Of Fort Drelev. Hang on, was her name on the letter? Yes. Okay, good she to know. She's the high priestess of Fort Drelev. Okay. And she disapproves of you destroying orphan Bay. Yep. For obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, okay, so she's pissed at me now. Uh, and the last one on that list is Grigory, who God knows where he stands. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it's the important question there is not where he stands, it's where Caitlin stands in relation to him. I explicitly won't be making any deals with Gregory in advance to increase the odds that he accidentally gets killed in the castle. Yep. I'm not going to kill him on purpose, but boy, am I not going to make any deals with him. Hard to argue with. And at that point, the only one on that list I really want to make a deal with is Lynette, and I feel like I've just reduced my chances of that working out for me. <laughs> So I will actually talk to Michaela about that specifically, yeah. and ask if she thinks if there's any point in sneaking in and trying to make a deal with Lynette in advance, or if it's better just to go in hard and fast and deal with the consequences, given that I've just kind of failed my preemptive diplomacy check. How, how confident are you in your ability to defeat her? You saw her at the Rushlight Tournament. She's a capable enough fighter, and, you know, she's got that cleric thing going on. I suspect we could take her. I just would prefer not to. You know, she's a she's a fellow mercenary. I don't know anything against her personally. She's, um, I liked her at the Rushlight Tournament. She's a good, she's a good solid type. I would prefer not to fight her. I'm nervous about, go, once you, once you kick in the door, people are a bit predisposed to assume you're there to kill them. I would like to let her know that it's nothing personal and I've no objection to her going elsewhere, but 
I think she might be a little pissed at me now what with one thing and another. We are not obliged to take her alive, but if we do uh, take her prisoner, then we are a lot obliged by our deals with the mercenaries' guilds to uh, apply by their principles, which are basically you're obliged to accept her surrender if she yeah. gives it to you, and then because she's on a mercenary contract, you're obliged to let her go with the understanding that she won't be coming back to attack you again. Yeah. I will, um, that's a good point about that surrender thing. Not so much for her, but I'll need to bear it in mind when I'm dealing with that bastard Gregory. It's because she is explicitly a member of a the mercenary guild. Gregory yeah. is not. Yeah. He is a guy who is getting paid, but he is not Other a mercenary. Yeah, he's not a member of the guild. Good to know. Uh, you are also obliged to accept the surrender of Drelev's army that is there if yeah. they surrender to you, because they are mercenaries as well. Yeah. But several of them are not. He has a wide variety. Because he, he has a personal army and a mercenary army. Correct. Yeah, and I'm obliged to select his... Yes, but the... You are obliged to accept the surrender of his mercenary army by your kingdom's laws. Yeah. And it would probably not be a very good idea to deliberately massacre a surrendering army of his troops to no. start your glorious kingship over Fort Drelev. No, no, but the thing is that, you know, his personal troops may or may not fight because they're patriots, yeah. but the mercenary army will very likely, on discovering that he's dead and won't be paying them anymore, decide that they have pressing business in the kingdom that will pay them. Very much so. <laughs> I mean, they're... um. The, the nice thing about mercenaries, from my perspective, is that their loyalty is as good as their last paycheck and really no further, whereas the Drelev boys w- might well fight for Hannes Drelev because he's theirs in spite of the disaster he's been leading them And then he, he doubtlessly has, you know, uh, probably a couple of dozen personally loyal guards who won't abandon him no matter what. Yeah, and those guys are probably going to bite it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know... Because <laughs> of the, the, Kaelin's um, ability to... So, yeah, that's the... That's the state of play. Yep. Um, yeah, all right. I think that's... Just, um, we'll just have to see see how Lynette wants to play this when we get in there. And I'm... Um, if um, Mech is strewn and his sister want to depart for greener pastures, I've no objection. But um, I, won't weep, I won't exactly weep tears if either of them get killed in the process. I've no desire to make deals with them in advance. Okay. Then we may move on. Yes. That is the broad info dump you had for this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. So, um, in terms of the um, hexes, I have uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. So I still have quite a bit of kingdom to, to explore. Yeah. So there's still something to be said for exploring a bit more of it. Yeah, I'm perfectly happy with that. It, it makes sense both in and both out of character it'll give you something to do while you're waiting. Yeah. And in character it'll give Kaelin something to do while he's waiting. Yeah, so I imagine yeah. Kaelin is not overly content to just sit around and wait. And, and uh, be, um, it will mean you don't then take Fort Drelev and then have to go through all those hexes. What you'll probably do is one lot, one month, one lot, another month, and then another lot afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I'll still wind up doing... There's always some hexes left over. I never really leave the big bad to 100% hex exploration. But it it's, it's also very helpful to know that Drelev doesn't have, say, another mysterious army sitting off in one of those hexes waiting to sweep on you. Yeah. It's, it's pretty unlikely, but... Okay. So, Caelan, having settled all his kingdom business and dealt with his advisors and worked out a plan for liberating Fort Drelev, yep. uh, then finishes out the kingdom turn of Rova? Uh, yes, and goes exploring. Yes. I'm just pondering who I want to take out. 
And I think on the whole, um, I want to um, wade through some bogs, so I'm going to take Tristram. But yeah, because I'm now going to be taking Windchaser out with me, I won't get the benefit of um, riding on air through the swamps. But um, I do get the benefit of the um, nighttime hut thing. And um, that works well enough. So, Windchaser will, um, if you actually discuss oh, it. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll actually discuss it with him. Um, Windchaser will say, You will be weakened on. You will be weakened on. on one of those phantom steeds. You'll be weakened on one of those phantom steeds. But it is easier to travel across swamp. I am quite willing to pick my way through the swamps of the Hooktong Slough, but there are reasons that our herd does not live there. Well, it's up it's up to you. Um, I'd be very happy to take you along if you want to come, but it's it's not really your sort of terrain, and I'd be happy to take um, one of Tristram's magic it, it, it courses just for the just so, for the boggy bits. Like he's perfectly happy either way. Okay, cool. So it could because because he's intelligent enough that he doesn't desperately want to go into a swamp and get bitten by bugs. He yep. doesn't. He's not inherently adventurous and exploratory by his nature. Yeah. Um, so if you want to take a phantom steed, he doesn't appear to be insulted in the slightest. Cool, that's fine then. He um, understands why you're doing it. Like, the steed is faster than him and goes over swampy terrain better. On the other hand, if you said, ah, well, you know, we're going off to a royal expedition at the next Rushlight tournament, and I'm going to take my phantom steed yeah. instead of you, then he'd probably kick you. Yeah, yeah, and understandably. But, um, yeah, because that's the thing. I'd rather take him out with me, but on the other hand, the swamp is, you know... Yeah. It's not very. It's not very much fun for him. Yeah, functionally, in the absence of you needing a phantom steed for any purpose, he'd rather you rode him. Yeah. But if you actually want it for specific purposes, the kinds of things you're going to be using it for are the kind of things he doesn't, he doesn't want, want to do. do. Yeah. Sweet. And and is actively aware. You know, if you want to say cross a lake, he yeah. it isn't going to happen. You know, he can't ride across a lake. And also, um, we on, we did only just bring his herd into the kingdom, so it's yeah. a nice fit in terms of he can have a turn settling them down. Yeah. Alright, cool. So for this trip, I will, generally speaking, I am taking Windchaser, but in explicitly when my goal is to wade through the boggiest swamps, yep. I will take the Phantom Steed. Yeah, yeah, well, you need to take Tristan out to get the Steed anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yes, Tristram, and, and yes, Tristram is now stuck with being the swamp guy because of the, um, because of his superior, um, horse providing powers. Well, sooner or later we'll be done with, uh, we'll, we'll be done with having to explore Drayliff's kingdom, which I suppose will soon be part of Stagthorn. Uh, and in any event, I can uh, produce shelter in the swamp, and we don't have to actually touch it. So it's it's not as bookie as it could be. And you did tell me I should stop taking Switlana out in it. I'm just... I'm not experienced with women like you are. <laughs> for a first date, I don't know that I'd lead off with that. <laughs> well, I'm not really looking to do romantic things with it, uh, if I can avoid it. Well... There's also the fact that she hasn't been, you know, outside before camping and that sort of thing. Uh, but I mean, we did do we did do some nice grasslands. It was only swamp on the way back. I'm Svetlana is a lovely woman, and I'm sure far too uh, far too dignified to complain about the flies and mosquitoes. <laughs> I think she just found it a far bit too of, polite. I think she just found it a bit of a change. Anyways, 
let's be off. And we head into, we tromp through some explored hexes to get to E9. E9. Do, 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 do. Ooh, there's a thing in it. Ooh. Okay, so it's Swamp and Rivers again. Yep. Um, do you the, want me to do a little bunch of rivers on there? I do want you to do a little bunch of rivers. I've got a little river pattern going on. I know they're just little rivers, but it's nice having the um, context. So, unsurprisingly, this is Swamp Hex. When you get to here, um, when you are exploring through this particular hex, at that sort of intersection of the four rivers in the middle of the hex, yep. um, the swamp vegetation recedes a bit. There's a ring of open and vaguely reasonably clean water for swamp water, um, and there is a fairly heavily wooded island, not big, you could cross from one side to the other in ten minutes kind of thing. Um, Ooh, cool. And when you go up and start poking around it there, uh, there is the burned out remnants of what you would call a stilt village. There are a bunch of stilts with huts on them Right up at the right up at the top of the tree line, kind of thing. Oh, another stilt village! I found one of those up north as well. It must be the sort of thing. Of course, it's the sort of thing people have in these swamp terrains, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Cool. Okay, stilt village. Uh, different different construction to the other one, but yep. um, and there is another fine um, fine sign here. Yeah. It very di- very different construction to yep. the other one. The buildings, in fact, are extremely light. Yeah. Um, as if whatever lives in them weighs almost nothing. Um, and there is another one of Dreyleb's signs that says, on this day, uh, you know, now sort of four years ago or so, um, Hannes, De- Hannes Dreyleb and the armies of Fort Dreyleb heroically liberated our kingdom from the threat of the bog striders. Um, you know, these fearsome beasts have been slain, you know, to prevent their attack, to, you know, to prevent their future attacks on Fort Dreyleb and rah, rah, personal heroism, rah, rah. Yeah. And Tristan looks at this and says, but, but bog striders are inherently combative. He must have gone well out of his way to upset them. They're usually insular. They don't see contact with landwalkers, but they're, they're relatively friendly. They're a kind of a... Uh, uh, sort of giant dragonfly-like people. That sounded nice to get to know. It's a bit sad, isn't it? If we had, um... I'm sure, I mean, maybe, you know, it's luck in um, your help and Lady Nichols that we didn't uh, start off um, getting on much more aggressively with the Fae and the like than we did, but with all the practice we've had, I'm sure we could make friends with some dragonfly people. Oh, it's, it's a bit of a bit of a sad thing, really. He's killed a community of Fae, just the living in his region. Oh. I'm sure they would have fought him, but I don't know, I don't think they would have started it. Nay, nay, not not if they're, um, the insular types. They sound like the lizard folk or, um, folk of that nature just want to be left to their own devices. Yeah, it's kind of, you, you'd already been told that Dreyliv had, um, successfully yeah. wiped out the Bogstriders. Even Boggers the Bogstriders. Yeah, I didn't really um, know what the Bogstriders were. I mean, I know that one Boggart. But, um, he, it, it functionally, this sort of looks like what would happen if your contact with, say, the Kobolds and the lizard folk had gone very differently. Yeah. And you just go, right, screw it, we're at war until we exterminate them. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, we did actually wind up at war with the lizard folk, thanks to Kale and Stalin diplomacy, but, um, 
you know, we certainly didn't just keep fighting until every lizard folk was dead. Uh, and Tristan is very upset about this, and he storms around the island, um, getting for Tristan reasonably angry. Yeah. Huh. This, this is monstrous. So, casting things, and Rupert, go burn down that sign. It's a horrible affront to what happened here. This was a, a massacre of innocent fade, not a, not a great victory in battle. And the flint and steel float invisibly out from his pack. And light the sign on fire slowly and it begins to smolder away. Kaelin will um, actually spend some time obtaining some planks and um, put up a new sign. Um, on the, um, he consults <laughs> On this day, Kaelin liberated them. Yeah, no, um, he's going for... Um, uh, he uses the date from the original yep. sign. On this um, day, a, the noble king, Drelev, delegated the murder of a whole bunch of folk who were merely living out here. <laughs> And yeah, there, there are no real bodies at this stage. If you look heavily for it, there are vague signs of fighting. Yeah. Uh, they haven't bothered actually knocking the village down primarily. It's been looted thoroughly. There's nothing, yeah. very little left in it. They haven't bothered knocking it down primarily because the resources are not terribly but, valuable. I mean, it's wood. And you couldn't yeah. live in it. Like, Kaelin yeah. can sort of go up the kind of... It, it doesn't look like there's even a ladder up to one of these things. It looks like they jump up. Uh, Kaelin could sort of climb one, but the whole structure sways alarmingly under you, and you think walking around on the floor at full plate is inviting you to fall through it. Yeah. So this was the this was uh, the Bog Strider village. Yep. And that is what you find here. Yep. All right. So we we vandalize this sign and replace it with a different sign, yep. which Kaelin put some effort in because I've got the knowledge engineering style thing. Put some effort into making a sign that'll, that'll last. Yep. And we, um, yep, yep, no problem. And, um, was, I'm really sorry about that. That's, uh, probably not as upset as you, but it's a blooming sad thing to have happened. It's always possible there might be a few of them still living out in the swamp somewhere. If we track them down, we can see if we can... Maybe. This wouldn't have been a big community. A couple of dozen, perhaps. Mm-hmm. That's a nasty piece of business, and no mistake. If there were any of them left, well... Would you stay around in the swamp? No, they've probably gone back to the first world or found their way into another another kingdom by now. Poor little guys. Oh, well, all we can do is learn from it, I guess, at this point. Alright, and um, we will continue exploring the swamp, I guess. Yep. Where to? Um, so that's... Um, that's E9. Yep, so that's two days to explore a swamp hex. I believe it may actually be less with the um, speedy horses of speeder town, but I'm good with that. Uh, they're not. It, it knocks off a bit. Of, it's like one and a half for exploring. Yeah. Crossing is really quick, but because yeah. you can't just blur the horses yes, into 150 foot because you want to actually see things. Yeah. All right. So, um, okay, and um, we will. Um, I'll put that. Um, that face. All right. We will go into D9. All right. We'll draw you some more convoluted rivers. Okay. So, this one is full of another swamp hex, full of interlacing river. Yes. Tristan reflects, and thinks, yes, this is the way to ride on a magical horse that doesn't touch the swamp. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I wonder, uh, now that I'm a bar, 12, does my 
horse do anything else that's particularly awesome. Should you require this, which you probably won't, uh, Tristan's Phantom Steeds can now use air walk for up to one arm at a time. So wow. they can, they definitely can't fly. It's useless yeah. for something like that. But they can walk up into the air should it become necessary. That's so, awesome. for example, you can sort of climb them up bits and that kind of thing. Yeah. At 14th level, they can just fly. Sweet. Uh, and that is that. So, in this hex, you find another thing. Oh, shiny. Uh, specifically, um, what you find is fencing. Ha! Huh. Um, built around an area, and can you give me a knowledge engineering check? So you can determine from this fencing. Uh, a 21. Okay, so this is... Um, as soon as you come across this, this is humanoid construction. Yeah. Uh, standard River Kingdoms, not terribly old, probably built by Drelev or someone similar in that neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and what it is, is this infences an area that is around about a kilometer, and this is a very... So- for something built in the swamp, a lot of time and effort was taken into this. It must have massive long poles in the bottom to go deep in the swamp to stop it falling down. Um, and it is a very solid fence, and coming through, it's basically wooden poles um, with what are literally rusted, now rusted iron spikes set up around the top on the beams between them. Yeah. So... For someone casually trying to get over or past it, this is maybe a meter high. It would be fairly difficult to actually get past. Um, it would be a reasonable fence to keep out any looky-loos from getting in here. And there are signs up uh, that say at several points on the fence that by order of King Hannes Drelev, uh, Lord, Lord Majesty of Fort Drelev, this area is strictly off-limits to all trespassers will be executed. Right. Uh, in terms of you getting in, uh, and there is no obvious way in, there is no gate or anything yeah. like that. In terms of you getting in, this is trivial. Yeah. It might, it would be an obstacle for you to climb over. If you just want to cut a hole in it with your adamantine greatsword and go through it, you can. Because your magic horses have air walk, you can air walk them over the top of the fence and down the other side without blinking. That's what I want to do, just in case Jerry lives keeping a giant... It would be uncharacteristic, but it's always possible there's a giant beastie on the other side. Yeah, this would not be capable of containing, like, a rampaging rhinoceros or something yeah. more serious than that. It's, you think, mostly for keeping people out rather than keeping something in. Well, until I find out why he built it, I don't necessarily want to destroy it. So, um, air walking... But I do want to know what's going on, so air walking over the top. Where is this, um, enclosed, um, fenced area? Uh, in the southeast corner. Southeast, right. Yep. Alright, yep. And what you find as you were heading through here, to Kalen's uh, knowledge, appear to just be, uh, you know, it, it's an area full of swampy plants. Yeah. Yay? There are no monsters in it. Yeah. No obvious resources, etc., etc. To somebody with plus 19 to knowledge nature. Go, go, Tristram. Uh, and an 18 on the dice. Uh, Tristan says, oh, I wouldn't have thought Draylor would be the kind of man to keep a garden, particularly not out here in the swamp. I mean, 
these plants are sort of <gasps> oh oh look over there oh isn't that majestic oh don't don't touch no 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 touching understood uh, what is it he is pointing you over where you can see a little grove of what Caelan would make out to be some sort of lily um um on there are five of them and they are bright bright like neon bright blue yeah uh, they look unusual but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean anything to Tristan says oh those are azua lilies oh they're, they're exceptionally rare and very 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 poisonous understood uh, you could make quite a refined poison out of them if you if you had the skills to pick them uh, they're a paralytic, uh, very effective, uh, reasonably dangerous. Uh, I can certainly see why someone as paranoid as, as King Drelev wouldn't want anyone getting their hands on them. Particularly when he presumably wants to use them himself. Well, yes, they're, they're quite rare and uh, only grow in, in very certain conditions. And when you harvest the poison out of one, it dies. So there's five here, there may have been a few more in the area. Uh, we could potentially harvest them, but... Uh, Not without getting poisoned from the sound of it. Well, that would depend on your survival checks. Uh, well, it sounds more like Bryn could harvest them. Maybe. Uh, I, I, I don't want to uh, be a nature philistine here, but we could chop them into bits without touching them. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we we could, uh, I suppose. Uh, we'd we'd have to burn them from a, a distance away. They they burst, you see, if you brush up against them in the wrong way. Aye, well, I can take care of that. And Galen fingers his um necklace of fireballs. But, but they are valuable. They're worth money if we could harvest them. Although once they're harvested, they have to be made into a refined poison fairly quickly by an alchemist. The uh, ingredients don't remain become inert once they're separated from the plant. The thing is, um, if they did something else, I'd be all for keeping them alive, but I'm not certain we want to be selling paralytic poisons about the place. Yeah, so there's, Tristan estimates there's a couple of thousand gold at least worth of uh, highly dangerous paralytic poison here. Right. Uh, if you want to, but but it's very difficult to harvest. You need good survival yeah. checks to harvest it, and then you need to craft it into a poison fairly rapidly within a week, or yeah. it goes off. Once it's crafted into a poison, it lasts more or less forever. Yeah. Uh, in terms of getting rid of them, Tristan says, but they're rare and beautiful. and I mean, if you wanted to, the best solution would be to just, you know, throw some fire from back here. That would quite certainly solve the problem, but... I can understand. We can just leave them be. We can just leave them be, kid. I can understand what you mean about them being pretty and the like. Well, they're rare. I mean, they don't have any uh, use other than making horrible poisons out of them. Yeah, I kind of feel. Speaking as a large, burly man, I'm kind of not a big fan of parallel it poisons on my on my own back. Yeah, although a large burly man with like twenty four to four saves or something. Everybody can roll a one. <laughs> Admittedly, most people who try to poison Kale are thwarted by his incomprehension of what they just did. Yeah, uh, Tristan says these are a dangerous poison. What is your fort save? Uh, fifteen. These are unlikely to be a terribly dangerous poison to you. Yeah. To uh, old, old Tristan with his now mighty far four. Yeah. He 
really only no, has... No, five. I've forgotten to put his, his new constitution ability modifier around. Wow. He really only has five? That means I've got ten on it. It's a weak save for bards. Yep. And at twelfth level, he picked up the plus one constitution to have twelve con. Alright. No wonder he's so fresh, huh? Although, admittedly, twelve con is actually a perfectly respectable con. I've just got... I'm just used to. I've just yeah, yeah. got such high con myself. Your standards are calibrated to be a cross, a multi-class uh, martial character. Yeah, with yeah. Ridiculous fort saves. Yeah, well, the bard level was like the only one I haven't got. I haven't been a high fort character for. Anyway, so yes, if you wish to. Um... How upset is it going to make Tristram if I set these on fire? Because he's having kind of a bad trip, isn't he? Uh, he? He doesn't like it, but it's one of those things, you know, he he has objections, but not strong enough to overwrite you. You're the player. Okay. If you were discussing this as a group of PCs, you would need to settle it yourself, it as he's an NPC. Alright. Well, I'm happy to do it while Tristram is not looking, but I kind of want these slings gone. He has no particular attachment to Azua Lilies other than that they're rare and kind of kind of beautiful. Yeah. And I feel bad about that, but I still kind of... I, you know, we could leave them around and try and harvest them later, but I don't just really want to harvest them, so... So, can you give me a luck check? Okay. Uh, two. Okay, so they are not conveniently laid out all in one nice 20-foot heap. Yeah. Uh, however, chucking two fireballs at them will get rid of all of them. Cool. You don't need to worry about the damage or anything, they're just plants. Okay, so... Your lowest ranked fireballs will do this job nicely. Cool, I will remove my two 2d6 fireballs. Or my huge pile of necklace of fireballs. Yep. So as Kaelin pulls a couple of beads off his necklace and chucks them, Tristan sort of... I'm going to be on the other side of the fence, right yeah. back over. Yeah. Um, and goes, you go, poof, and as the fireball hits it, it basically goes, boof, in a surge of 20-foot magical fire. Uh, unsurprisingly, water basically just, you know, swamp plants burn very rapidly and easily away to nothing. When the fire touches these Azua lilies, they literally pop and go, poof, and this effect is pretty unmissable. Um, there is a whole bunch of this bright neon azure dust in the air, which starts to burn and twinkle as the fire catches across it. Because a fireball's instantaneous, rather than ongoing fire, it goes, foof, the plant is destroyed. The pollen bursts into the air and floats there for a good sort of two minutes or so, very slowly drifting down to earth. And then as it hits the ground, the neon glow around it stops. And uh, several, what you will see is several flies and mosquitoes that weren't caught in the initial burst sort of fly down, drawn towards the glowing, glowing pollen. And as they touch it, they go, Book. fall out of the sky. Yep. And then you chuck another one, boom, same thing again. Yep. You stand well back. Yep. And the pollen bursts around in clouds that do not harm you. Cool. Alright, I um, we will have a poke around the rest of this garden, but I'm yep. kind of assuming that... It is purely good. here for the purposes of protecting Drelev's lily patch. Yep. I have wrecked Drelev's lily patch, and I am not even sorry. Yep. And there are no signs around indicating what this is or what it can be used for or how brave King Drelev found it, because he's actively trying to keep this secret. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's less Tristan thinks that people would find this, random people would find this in the wilderness and know what it was, 
and more if people just accidentally step on the plant it goes pop and that's the end of the very rare lily yeah which is of course much more valuable than a random citizen of King Draylev's kingdom but he can tell who some of these have been harvested already yeah. so Draylev or somebody in his kingdom probably has, has some, some of the lily poison yeah at which point I'm glad to know I can probably make the con oh, that fortitude save and will certainly bear in mind that Tristram certainly can't Although, to be honest, while Tristram has many fine qualities, there's a reason I haven't really taken him with me to fight any of the big bosses. <laughs> hey, you fought him with that owlbear. Yeah, and that was badass. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's another, and if there's another thing where mounted archery is the answer, it will be Tristram all the way. It's just that when you break into people's houses and kill them, it's really well, mounted that's archery. That's Draylor's Palace for you. It's yeah. all about the mounted archery. Yeah. Okay, and you explored D9. Yep. I have crossed off another two days worth of exploration. Denied! <laughs> and we head into C9. By which I mean Draylev is denied access to his Azua Lily Pollen. Yep. Pass me a thing, I'll draw more rivers on it. Alright, so this one is swamp as well. Yep. And it has all the rivers that flow into it eventually peter out as the land becomes drier. Yep. And starts to turn back into plains at the edges of this hex. Right, yes, because the next one is, of course, plains. Yep. And, um, okay, but this one is a swamp hex. It is. Okay, and we will explore it. As there is nothing in it, of consequence. Okay, we explore it. Alright, um... And I will head down into, um, B10. Yep. See what's going on with it. Distinctly avoiding a certain area. Yeah, I'm keep stay out of the Titan Lord Scout area with Tristram. Okay. So in B10, you find this is grassland with yep. just a touch of swamp at the edges. Yeah, I thought um, it might be nice for Tristram to ride through one non swamp hex. Uh, and there's stuff in here as well. Yep. I presume it doesn't spoil it that I tell you there's stuff in there before I actually look up what it is. No. I mean, among other things, if there isn't, then you say, and you explore the hex, so, you know, it, it, it's kind of a giveaway. <laughs> okay, so, in this one, uh, you are basically moving along rapidly through this, looking at uh, grassland and plains and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then you see something that you haven't seen a lot of out here. A thin plume of smoke on the horizon. Interesting. Like one that's coming from a campfire. Okay. Uh, you have basically not run into any people out here in Draylev's area. Yeah. In Stagthorn, you ran into plenty of hunters and trappers and fishermen you know and that, that sort of thing. None of them are out here. Yeah, the, um, the closest we found to a person was that tree end up in the cloudberry patch who was presumably big enough and burly enough to take care of himself. Alright, and um, I think we will ride up yep. in a kind of slow and non-martial sort of way. I mean, obviously, Kalen is a, a large and burly, but as ever, he's trying to present himself in his less large and burly state. And what you see is a fairly colourful colorful camp. Um, it looks like a group of wagons, several of them with bright-coloured scarves and things like that hanging off them. It looks like a, a Varesian group. Ooh, shiny. Uh, can you give me a, a geography and engineering or both? We'll give you different answers. Alright, I'll give the engineering to start and then make a geography check because I do have a tiny bit of geography. Uh, that's a 30 on the engineering 
add a four on the geography. Okay. So I haven't on, really been up as far as Varesia. On on the geography, these are um some of these way some of these people look Varesian in their in their blood. You've got yeah. a few Varesians in your kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Varesians crop up all over. Um it, but you you draw no useful conclusions from them. You don't know how Varesian they are, how um, yeah. You know how many of them there are when they've just got some Varesian blood in them or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the caravans and wagons, on the other hand, um, one of them is quite definitely a classic Varesian caravan. Yeah. Um, you know, probably ma- made over in Varesia, probably somewhere in Magnamar or Corvosa or something like that. Um, the others are not. They show much more efficient signs of construction the hard angles and things that you have come to associate with Pytax. Ah, interesting. And so this is a, a caravan train made up primarily of Pytaxian wagons and things. Moreover, uh, there's no line of logic between the caravans. If you were building a caravan train, you would build, say, one for security and one for trade and etc., etc., this is a really ragtag group that looks like they have just grabbed whatever wagons or caravans were available to them. It hasn't yeah. been built for a purpose. It's not doing anything. It's traveling, but they've literally just taken whatever's available to them. Yeah. As we um, as we uh, start eyeing up the group for a distance, I'll say quietly to Tristram, do you speak Verizian or anything? Uh, he... Um, well... No, Varesians uh, aren't very interesting. They don't. People. They don't write. They don't write books about face structures, I, do they? I speak a wide variety of. I speak a wide variety of important languages, and for starters, Elven and Gnome both have connections to the first world. I admittedly haven't bothered with anything as sort of mundane as Ulfin or Dwarven or anything in that neighbourhood. Uh, literally. All of the languages he speaks are mostly monstrous. The only yep. mundane languages he speaks are Orcish because of you, yeah, Elvish because of the connection to the first world. And that's what centaurs speak, yeah, and Gnome because the gnomes have a connection to the first world. He does not speak mundane regional languages. Man, a ton of my party speak Orc because of me. <laughs> yes. Well, Michaela is an Orc. Yeah, of course, Michaela started with it. Uh, Tristan speaks Orcish because he spent a lot of background time with you. Yeah. Svetlana speaks Orcish for the same reason. Yeah. Uh, and Bryn does not speak Orcish, and yeah. Corwin did not either. Yeah. Uh, you happen to know that Svetlana actually speaks fluent Parisian, among other things. Oh, well, that's good to know. Yeah, uh, she he... did take a lot of regional languages. The, 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 this far, it's definitely been the Svetlana trip. She wouldn't, it wouldn't have upset her as much about the bog sprite as she could have set the lilies on fire. And now she, she speaks the... She takes, she speaks Olfin, which is yeah. the language of her... Her, her region, yeah. Yeah, Arisen speak Olfin. Yeah. And she speaks Parisian as well, because she's been doing a lot of your trade and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense, because she actually is a different uh, She speaks a wide variety of languages, almost all of which are civilised ones. She, she speaks the more humanoid ones, whereas Tristram speaks all the monstrous races and weird knowledge languages. Yeah, Tristan's are, are more monstrous. She has yeah. Draconic and Sylvan on there as well, but because they're languages of your people. Yeah, well that's why those are the two languages Caelan speaks. Oh, well, it's, um... In all fairness, it's practically the first time that hasn't you haven't been able to cover the language. It's done great negotiating with the Fae and all those sort of crit- and the kobolds and all those sort of critters. I guess we'll just and if the some of them are Pytaxian, then they probably speak Taldane anyway. Right? And we'll Caleb will ride a little bit further forward. And, oh, the camp! And 
people sort of see you off in the distance, and there is an immediate reaction to this, and the reaction is kind of martial. Yeah. They start huddling defensively and sort of pulling out weapons and things as they assess you. It's clearly only two of you, but yeah. you are heavily armed and armoured. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as you ride in, uh, you may give me... Uh, I'll give you that sense motive plus base attack again. Uh, yep, assessing their martial proficiency. Alright. Uh, bucket loads. Yeah, okay. Uh, 21 plus my sense motive... Uh, 29. Okay, so... Several of the um, more uh, several of the men and a couple of the women in this group, which is men, woman, men, men and woman, and uh, no young children, but you've got like a couple of twelve-year-olds in yeah. here. Um, the more competent-looking men and women are pointing just miscellaneous crossbows at them. Yeah, you have absolutely no fear here. You could take out this entire camp yeah. without blinking. Yeah. You know, if every single one of them fires their crossbow at you, they're probably crit fishing. Yeah. All right. So they look like a band of more refugees than organized soldiers or militia or anything like that. Well, that is good to know. Um, at which point Kellen will dismount his magic horse, yep. get the magic horse to um, stop and nod to Tristan to do the same. Yeah. And they are kind of staring at you in your heavy gleaming armour and yep. your covering in weapons and your magic slightly ethereal smoke horses. Yeah, yeah. And um, on the other hand, this might be one of the few times when it's actually convenient that Tristram is um, wearing a ton of jewels and doesn't look particularly martial. Uh, and one of the guys who is in uh, that sort of more Reesian gypsy garb, an older man of maybe 50 or so, human, steps forward and sort of motions to the, the rest of the group and, you know, motions down, down, and they sort of put their crossbows down. You think he's basically done the same at you and recognised, yeah, the, the crossbows are not going to help us if you elect to <laughs> yeah, kill yeah, us, no, so no. let's talk in a civilised fashion. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, it's the, um... It's the queen, it's the final Queen Biscuit solution. At this point, there's no way we can defend ourselves against you, so I'm suddenly very interested in diplomacy. <laughs> he comes forth and says to you in a very thick and broken accent in Feldane, Hello, Travelock. Hello. I'm sorry, I, I don't speak Frisian. But, uh, I'm... Would, um, but... Here to talk. Don't want to fight. And he, yeah, he nods at this and gives you a big beaming smile. And he says, "Welcome to camp. I am Rat." Shakes, shakes your hand. Uh, you know, gestures you to come. Come share fire food. And Kalen will come in and, and sit down. And, um, my name's Kalen. This is um, this is Lord Tristram Thor. See how good he is on his social political references. Not wearing the crown. Yep. Don't don't customarily when just travelling. He says, "Lord, Lord Thorn, Thorn, Plant." Uh, turns round, gestures excitedly to the rest of the group, and then drops to one knee in front of you and lowers a head and sort of gestures back at the rest yeah. of them, and they start doing the yeah. same. He says, "You are are King Stagthorn." Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's no need for that, folks. It's all all right. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, I I am rat, a traveller, mer- merchant. Uh, 
he flicks his fingers like he's grasping for a word and tell day and then reaches into a pocket, pulls out about six brightly coloured balls and starts juggling them in the air. Juggler, right. Um, he says, uh, friends, rat, gestures to the people behind him, uh, come with, come with rat to, to Stagthorn. Hear story, gentle nation, in east, uh, come, but not strong for for swamp. More of us gone. Need help, King Strong. All right, yeah, I can. Um, you uh, are um, some of your wagons stuck in the lake. Have you got more people further out? He he. She said, "No, uh, something." Bite, eat, ra, and makes a slit throat gesture. Oh, I'm sorry. Some of them are already have already died. I see. We talk about whether go back any sort of point south, or go off, but not hear rat, not hear good thing about Fort King, and gestures north to where Fort Drelive is. So they've been out here sort of arguing about whether, and and he he says. Been here two week. Argue, talk back. Fort King, not good choice, but swamp, not do. No, you won't get the wag- wagons through there. Um, so listen, folks, um, and um, tell them we'll look up at all the others as well. Now, I haven't been. Um, I haven't been. Th- and Kale and gestures st- straight back it. I haven't been straight back east, but it wouldn't at all surprise me if it's swamp and you won't get the wagons through it. But what we can do is um, take you folk north. If we um, head up through the hills this way, there's a road up the top there, um, which leads it's straight to, which leads straight to Stagthorn. We'll get the wagons through it, no problem. Drelev's not good, but he's staying mostly in his city. As long as um, we we go round it, we'll be fine. Uh, here, right here. Fierce monster tiger dragon. Uh, I killed the ti- I killed the tiger. Kel will make spear yep. spear tooth gestures, <laughs> brutal stabbing gestures. Uh, dragon, dragon. Do we fight a dragon? No. I, I haven't run across a dragon, but um, I I, I know I know some areas where there hasn't been one. I've um explored a good bit of the north. So we can go around. I don't think there's a dragon up there now, but um, we can go. Ra- we'll s- stay to the if we stay to the west where I've explored. I think we should be okay. And can you give me a sense motive check at this point? Just a moment, Barbara. Yep. Uh, uh, Seventeen. Okay. So uh, you are not entirely sure how Rat is communicating this with his followers. He doesn't turn around and speak to them in what you would presume to be for reason to communicate this intent. He sort of just turns around to them and says, you know, in the same vaguely broken tongue, you know, we go king north, you know, help, right, right? And they seem to have a pretty good understanding of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and he, he seems very happy with, you're, you're basically offering to, Dude, I'm, I'm basically, yeah, I'm basically offering to take them, take yeah. them with, with he us. Says, he says, wagons ready for swamp and takes you over and points out like they've got sort of runners on them and bits yeah. and pieces for this, but longer, but safer 
you know land, we trust strong King Stagthorn. Uh, their wagons are cap- physically capable of going through the swamp, but right. when they've tried, they've been attacked by things. Right, okay. Um, um, but he's perfectly happy to defer to your expertise here as the person who's actively explored the land. Alright, well there is a nice straight, if we can go through the swamp, there is a nice straight route um, just all the way through um, all the way through E9. Yeah. Uh, all the way through the mine row, because I have um, explored all of that now. So we could go just straight through there. Or we could take a, route, a longer route up and around, which I don't think would get us in trouble because I have explored that yeah. route as well. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind you could find these guys whenever. Yeah, yeah. And pieces. Uh, if Strong King no land, what Strong King think best? Uh, come, we we have savior. Mm. We celebrate, play music, and <laughs> dance. And, he starts snapping his fingers, gesturing, and people do indeed pull out several yeah. instruments and that sort of thing, and basically he invites you over to the fire, and yeah. through a combination of friendly mimes and all the rest of it, invites you to basically smoke a couple of cigars with him, yeah. have some of their food, their food and that yeah. sort of thing. And we will um, share our supplies and so on as yeah. well. Yeah, they're, they're still reasonably well supplied, because yeah. they were planning on a moderately lengthy trip, Yeah, but... Um, they're definitely starting to hit the point where they need to either go back or go on. Yeah. So, um, given where we are in G, um, B10, I'd be thinking, I, I would want, I have, because I haven't explored B9 and, you know, Tiger Lord Scouts. Yeah. So I definitely take them through the start of the Scouts into C9. Yeah. At which point we're, we've kind of only got three Swamp Hexes to go. So we might just go through the swamp at that point. My yeah. principal reason for swarming, avoiding the swamp was I didn't think the wagons could make it through. So there are two things to keep in mind here. Yep. Um, the wagons will be slower through the swamp. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, going three, it, three times the distance is slow as well. Yeah. Um, moreover, you and Tristan do not blink at the sort of random encounters you'll be encountering to the point where we barely, we don't bother playing most of them out. Right, yes. Uh, because a CR4 encounter comes upon you and you slaughter it like, yeah. like rats. Yeah. Um, however, ah, yes. now that you are towing a bunch of hopeless, this, helpless this refugees is... with you, I will be running the random encounters. Ah, yes, that is definitely... So... They are still of no threat to you, personally. But I I can't necessarily be on all sides of the party at once. Correct. Um, It it is... I'm merely flagging that because I assume the player has no real perception of them happening because we're largely handling... Yeah, no. So, if we go back through the things that Kalen's experienced slaughtering things that can't possibly oppose him, which way does Kalen think will be safer? Uh, in the Hooktang Slough, it's, it's literally either or. The swamp monsters are probably more dangerous, but the, um, you run the risk of more exposure the more hexes you go through. Right, yes, I get you. So there isn't a good solution to this, unless you can magically move them from point A to point B. Which, of course, I cannot. Um, Uh, And you were talking about 18 people here, to give you an indication. Alright, so... One, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's a long way. Um. Yeah. Broadly, I would probably say shorter is better, yeah. but I'm not prepared to put my money on that because it depends entirely on what I roll on the yeah, random yeah. counter Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, th- this is a long route. Yeah. There, there's basically no way I can get through the northern route without um, without being attacked by something. That, that, that's a lot of that's a lot of random encounters. On the other hand, um, the swamp monster might be a bit. If I've got a better chance of getting through without an encounter, but if I hit one, it'll be bigger. Yeah, I think I would go the longer land route because the chances of the, us fighting some, being attacked by something we can fight off would seem to be higher. Um, and can you and Tristan both give me a knowledge... Uh, what is this? That's Arcana, I believe. Okay, I, uh, Kaelin fails. Okay, so Rat says to you, uh, you know, we find beast swamp big jaw bite dragon and kind of describe some sort of giant snaky monster thing to you that attacked their caravans and killed a bunch of them as they tried to go through this area. Yeah. Uh, Tristan listens to this and says, you know, was it like this? Was it like this? And, oh, rah, 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 rah. I don't actually speak enough for reason to get this entirely. Um, uh, but he understands what the guy is talking about when he says dragon. It's not a dragon. It's a long, snaky neck thing, but there appeared to be a bunch of them. Maybe it was nest dragons. Tristan says, no, no, I I think he's talking about a hydra. Ah. Uh, and he's talking about one to just west of here, just east of here. Uh, that is in... A10? Yeah, uh, not A10, um, C10. C10. Oh, okay, yep, definitely worth knowing. There is a hydra in there. Cool, good to know. That'll be fun. That's where they tried to go through. Yeah. I wonder if Svetlana would like to fight a Hydra with me. So, you know, he says we can go that way, but there's a Hydra in there. No, no, we'll go, we definitely won't go that way. Uh, Um, You can be assured there isn't another Predator in that hex if there's a Hydra in there. Yeah, yes, but no. And Tristan can tell you shit about Hydras, which you as the player kind of already know. Yeah. They're big, they're strong, they bite the shit out of you with with a million enormous heads. I will, um... Get an info dump from him and then call on it when I'm going to fight the Hydra, which yeah, is not Functionally, that. what you want to know here is that they are super deadly to large groups of low-level people because they can make lots of attacks. Yeah, yeah. None of the attacks are stunningly effective versus you, but when you can attack 12 times in a round... But it's literally fixed in that. It's there's a hydra in that hex. It's yeah. not a random encounter. Sweet. Okay, so um, yeah, it's just so much shorter. Um, I I keep I keep going back and forward, but I'm inclined to go with the swamp route. Yep. I've changed my mind again. So tell me where you're going. Um, so we are in B10. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, which I haven't explored, and I'm not going to because I'll come back for the exploring. Um, so, unless I found it at uh, the e- end of exploration? No, they are towards the middle of the hex. Yeah. Uh, however, you may mark that as explored, because if you start asking Rat about it, you know, he sent people around to check on the area, and they've deliberately parked here because it's flat plains with nothing dangerous in it. Cool. Okay. So, um, I will mark the hex as explored. Yep. So, the plan is to go up into C9. Yep. And then straight out row nine. Straight out row nine, so swamp, 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 forest. Yep. So it'll be a bit of a route to get through, but the alternative is actually 
to follow, explore, and hexes while not getting too close to yep. Fort Draley yep. there's three quarters of the map. And one of those you know is clean, because it's the one with the mummies and bog mummies in it that you have cleaned out. Yeah. There won't be random encounters in there because the bog the mummies, mummies were telling them. them. Sweet. Okay. So basically, as you roll through with the wagons, you know, Rath and his people, some of his people know what they're doing, some yeah. of them really have no idea how to travel whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and you sort of roll through, and they are happy to, you know, feed you and play you music and that sort of thing, but that's kind of what they're bringing to the table. Yeah. Uh, can you give me another sense motive check? Uh, is that the sense motive plus base attack thing? No, just a regular one. Okay, uh, that is a 24. Okay, so you will notice that um, Rat is slightly yanking you round a bit in that um, he does not allow you to go into his into the wagons and look at them. He attempts to do so in such a way that this doesn't look um, uh, like a thing that he's doing. Yeah. You know, if you he, he says he'll go into the wagon and get the stuff and bring it out to you yeah. and that's all fine. But he doesn't want you looking in his wagons, basically. Okay. And and is endeavouring to obfuscate that fact. Okay. Because you'll be travelling with him for several days, so yeah. at some point it would occur to Caitlin, you know, I've never actually seen what's in what's in these wagons yeah. that you're travelling with. Uh, there are people obviously going in and out and living in yeah. them and that sort of thing. Alright, that that I'm a bit suspicious of, but I'd rather deal with it... Um... When you're not in the middle of a swamp being yeah. eaten by monsters, not yeah. to argue with. Um, okay, so then we will go to random encounters. Yes. You move through C9. Sweet. You, I presume, probably take them around the deadly poisons lily patch you would do. Yes. So you move into D9. Uh, and there something happens to you. Okay. As you are moving through this area, <laughs> prepare for a deadly encounter. Yep. Um, the wagons are moving forward when you hear a noise out of the swamp, and a large snake comes forward to attack you. Okay. <laughs> One big snake. Okay, um... To be honest, I'm I'm happy to roll to see if I can get you know I'm happy to play yes, it out. Yes, we are going to play this out as a combat because if you, it's not so much whether the snake hurts you or not; it's whether the snake eats any of the people. Okay, how well, many of them? All right. So this is a constrictor snakes. So this is a, a large sort of horse-sized snake, and the people start freaking out and roll for initiative. Yes. <laughs> Caleb rolls a two, bafflingly. Uh, Tristan, with his improved fake grace and dexterity, rolls a 25. Yep, okay, so that's a fairly profound contrast. And the contrast. snake comes betwixt you and him. Yep. Uh, and there is one of them on 1d4 giant constrictor snakes. Sweet. So, it hisses out of the fields towards you, and Tristan shouts, Look out! It's a constrictor snake! Move back away from it, quickly! And pulls out his bow off the top of his horse, and uh, will probably just lay into it. 
because Tristan is a hero, he will run the horse forward and put it between the snake that's coming in the front and the refugees. Yeah. Um, and as he, as he does so, he would not have his bow out. The last does not have quick draw here, so he pulls his bow out and opens fire on it. Yep. Uh, hits the snake, of course. Yep. With copious ease. And does it a bunch of arrow shooting and fire and things damage. Yeah, unfortunately, he's not giant stacks of set. Uh, no. damage straight off the bat. But he's increased the chance that the snake will eat him as opposed to eating one of the refugees, which is very thoughtful of him. Does 10 points of damage to the snake. Cool. And then it is presumably the snake's go, unless it rolled worse than a 2. Yeah, the the, the refugees will probably... Um, wave at it with their crossbows yeah, and start yeah. opening fire, but I'm not really going to bother running them because... The odds that they have a significant impact on the combat are pretty slim. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I will run this assembly. Uh, they go before the snake, so... No, none of them that 20, the snake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh... Close. out whatsoever, so it lashes out at the closest target to it, which is Tristan's horse. Yay! And he will try and jink it out of the way with his mounted combat if it hits, which it will. And Tristan rears his phantom horse back and it shimmers and moves slightly and the snake's jaws just pass through its spectral foot without harming it. Excellent! Then it's Caelan. Alright, um, okay, um... Kaelin, um... You will also have to ride forward. You could totally charge this. Yeah, Kaelin will quick draw the lance, charge, and charge his phantom steed forward towards the snake. Yep. Okay, uh, that's a 29. Yep, you hit the snake. Yep, uh, and then, um... It is, uh... 14 times 2, 28 points of damage to the snake. If you desire to power attack it, I am perfectly happy with that because you recognize it as well under your threat level. Yeah. But I would then need you to re-roll the die. Yeah, yeah. no, that's alright. I'm um, I'm just going to do a regular hit. Kaelin's a bit out of it this fight. 28? Yep, 28. Okay. You ram the lance into the snake, and it is a big damn snake, so yep. it shakes this off. Yep. And is still going. When you say shakes it off, you mean it's not dead as, I mean, opposed, it's not to dead. as opposed to it's fine. No, no, it gets smashed through, yep. stabbed through, and then yanks its yanks its body back off the lance, goes yep. at you again. This would probably be more threatening if there was more than one of them. Yeah. It's one D4 giant constrictor snakes, and there's only one. Yeah. So Tristan then shouts to everyone, get back, get back. We can keep it away from you. There's only one of it. And because, again, he's good aligned with a big capital G, instead of moving away from this, he will deliberately take its attacks of opportunity and provoke as he fires repeatedly and immediately at it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the snake bites him. Uh, the snake does indeed bite him. Yep. Go team snake. Because his purpose here is to get eaten by a giant snake instead of letting it eat someone else. Yep. Uh, 
Tristan takes 18 points of damage. Yep. And then the snake endeavors to wrap around him and yank him off his horse. Yep. And it makes a grapple check because he is horsing. I will give him a ride check to resist this. Uh, There's a lot. Uh, And Tristan's ride is nowhere near good enough to prevent this. The snake pulls, wraps its tail around him and yanks him off the horse. Yep. Tristan goes thud into the ground and does not fire his yep. arrows because he is caught in a giant snake and then makes an escape artist check. To break, 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 break the grapple before the snake's turn, which would be a really sound idea. And Tristan ah, ah, slips out almost bonelessly and now that you watch him do it, almost fey-like, he yep. just sort of melts out from under it slips away with all the grace of something vaguely supernatural with his 24 to escape artist. Yeah. And slips out and is now standing next to the snake. Sweet. Uh, that's his standard action, so... Yeah. He's got orc else to do about this. He just literally stands in front of the snake going, Snake! Snake! Snake me! Yep. Uh, back to Caleb. No, back because to snake. Which uh, has a nice tasty Tristram yep. and an imaginary horse, and of course Caleb's now a melee with it as well, if it would rather. Yep. So Snake has no method of picking between them, so Kaelin's high. Uh, lashes out at Kaelin. Yay! Uh, for a 28 to hit you. That will not hit. Wow. Really? <laughs> Sorry, it's a 29. Sigh. This snake is actually super deadly. Yeah. Sort of. I've got the um, I've got the better angle of natural armor yeah. now. It lashes out swiftly with its jaws to try and lash yeah. them into you. Bites down but cannot penetrate through the armor. Yeah. Alright, and um, Kaelin will, um, I think at this point, switch to the quick draw gatekeeper. Yep. And um, will full attack the snake. Yep. And I'm sorry, Mr. Snake, it's been a good life. <laughs> but I don't think you can survive a full attack. No. <laughs> Alright, so that's a um, 28 to hit. Yep. Um, I'm not power attacking at this stage, I'm just trying to hit with as many of these as possible. Um I'm perfectly happy to call this here. If you want to roll your damage and feel badass, you're welcome to. I might as well. Okay. All right. Uh, no, actually, I can't be bothered with all that math. I hit it, and then I probably hit it two yeah, more yeah. times. So the first blow is not going to do it. Yeah. One of the second three. Yeah, one, one of, of the, the third, second or third, third certainly yeah. will. Yeah. Uh, Kaylin pulls out Gatekeeper and carves into the snake several times and cuts it to bits. Yeah. And it falls to the ground in chunks and ceases moving. Yeah. And Rat comes forward and, Snake, good eat! <laughs> yeah, by all means. Yeah, good eating on them. And they start cutting the snake up. Yeah, and Kill will clap Tristra on the back. Box right hands. Ah, uh, yep. I was, good stuff, that was very brave. I needed you to be fast, but I was, had my head in the clouds, and I don't know. It's, it's our duty to keep these people safe. Yeah, you're all right. Snake didn't get too big a chunk out of you. Ah. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm really tough these days. <laughs> I, I'll say. Also, cure. <laughs> yeah. No, a- eighteen hit points is no longer a significant enough threat to him. Yeah. All right. And then we continue. Want to find your fate, you go. Yep, we keep going. So that was D9's random encounter, I believe. It was. So we're now heading into E9. Yep. 
uh, which you will not generate in the counter room. Yeah, you and will not generate one in the bog I'm right. next. And, and so it's just that last forest area. Uh, that will generate another one. Oh, okay. Let's see what you find in the forest. Well, that might be interesting. Why do none of these things have any intelligence? Alright, so as you are moving through the forest and, you know, Rat is sort of pointing at the crude map that he's got and where he's got the big X for Stagthorn and, you know, close, close. Yeah. Um, And then you smell a sort of foul odour. Uh, less like something rotting and more like just farts in, in extensive amounts of farts something that hasn't bathed in quite some time and then bursting out from the trees comes a two-headed giant ooh an eaten ah. just like the um, just like the one that Svetlana and I killed right? uh huh was one of those a two-headed one that no, no no there were three there were three hill giants yeah this one's an eaten sweet and people panic and the Ethan rolls for initiative. Okay, come on, Caitlin, you can do it. It's a big ass fight. Ethan rolls a six. Oh, for crying out loud. Caitlin crit fumbles at his initiative again. Uh, Tristan rolls a four, which is still enough to beat the Ethan with his fey grace. Yeah, I'm not super happy about asking him to meet shield with an Ethan, though. I'm thinking of re-rolling that second. <laughs> I mean, if I roll another one, I'm just going to accept that I'm destined to be, to be slow to react. I think um, Kaelin is brooding about these people and whether they're not telling him things and stuff like that. Um, Uh, This thing is not sneaky and you guys are not sneaky. Yeah. Um, So you will smell the smell, sort of hear a sort of thumping coming through the trees and then of course hears the sound of like 20 people in caravans moving. Yeah. So all of you come out, weapons out. Yeah. I do have this very pretty thing. Yes, you do. But... um, I am, um... Can't spend the trumpet if you want. It'll just be gone by next session. Yeah, that's very true, actually. I wasn't going to do it, but the thing is that there's no point saving it because the odds are against me running into something sufficiently beefy. So, yeah, I will, um... Get two more re-rolls and get a 14 to initiative. Okay, so... So, I think, because it's Kalen's card, it's less that Kalen's, you know, a master of subtle perception arts... And more Kalen's just habitually riding in the place of greatest danger yeah. in the party. Yeah, and and sort always of, ready to charge. And always ready to charge. So you see at the tree line off towards the... Uh, off towards sort of the northern side as you head east. You smell it and hear this thumping and start to turn your phantom steed towards the tree line. And then out staggers and Etten looks at this large group that he can hear and has been chasing. And uh, starts muttering to himself in some sort of pigeon tongue that you can understand about every third word of, because some of it is actually orcish. Right, yeah. Um, and it, the two heads look to each other and, Shunak tasty! Una mini! Hangnang bones! <laughs> and it begins to come forward with its big morning stars in its hands. 
and Kalen is the first one off the mark, so you can charge it if you so desire. I do, in fact, want to get my lance and charge this thing. Yep. So it is a big honking creature. Um, it is actually wearing hide around it, so it's got some sort of armor. You may power attack it or not, as you please. Yeah. Um, I will power attack it for two points. Go for it. Alright, um, so that is a 26. Yep. 27, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I get the times two on a charge and the additional, um, plus four part from the power attack. Correct. Okay, so let's add, alright, oh, this is not going to be a good day to be an Aten, although it's presumably got quite a lot of hit points. So you add four points of power attack to your two what you've rolled, and then then you double it. Okay, alright, alright. Okay, so, um, Plus four is uh forty two points of lance damage to Sir Essen. Yeah. <laughs> so you run forward into it. And um following Tristram's example, I'm completely capable of at this point just riding yep. on, but instead choose to stay deliberately with the Etten. Pierces through its thigh and out the other side. <laughs> uh it staggers horribly but does not fall down. I am five foot back from it, yep. for whatever. <laughs> Which will yeah, be completely meaningless yeah. to it. Um, and I don't know if I provoke as I grind in on it, given it's a big, big no, ass beast. because you have a lance. And, oh, right, and I'm flat footed as well, and it's flat footed as well, because yeah. I, I got the first. It's flat footed, isn't smart enough to have combat reflexes. It does have ten foot reach, but you have ten foot reach as well, so you just right. ride up to it in spirit. Yep. Uh, and Tristan, uh, back off, moves the horse a little, a little more forward. He says, go, Mustrider, go, now, to the east. And as he rides past, he will let fly a full attack volley of arrows. Yep. Uh, he will rapid shot this. All the things off. Alright, so that is an effortless hit. A non-effortless hit. And a complete miss. Third one. Relatively poor damage. Uh, on his two hits, uh, Tristan will deal it twenty points of damage. <laughs> what for two hits? Yeah, yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm content with the two of his arrows splinter into it and freeze into it. Yeah. Uh, and the Etten, demonstrating its superior intelligence on its turn, goes to knock hurty. <laughs> And turns to stumble away from Kaelin and yep. provokes from you in the process. Okay, I um, stab it with my lance. <laughs> it's beaten the number of hit points it's on, it doesn't think it's capable of taking you both. It's probably quite correct. Um, Alright, 28. And you ram the lance through its spine and down it goes. Sweet! <laughs> with its four hit points remaining, I yep. don't think it is worth you rolling the damage. No, that's cool. And that was up. It did not eat. <laughs> not good. No, not good to eat. But then, and then Kaelin will point at the, um, point, um, point east. Stagthorn. Alright, and you successfully slay another minor monster. Yeah. These were probably more threatening if you got into ones that were more than one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, the, um, but I can see why you wanted to play them out. And yes, I mean, if it would have been eight wolves or eight dire wolves or something, we would have really struggles. A 100 is 1d4 black dragons. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, you're rolling these things in case you get that, right? <laughs> I would probably give you that for this, yeah. because it, they wouldn't be living here, they'd just be flying past. Yeah. Hey, people! Yeah. Okay, and you arrive back in Stagthorn with the refugees. You head back out of this hex into civilized lands. Yeah. Rathen's people look a great deal happier, and you make your way back to Elksrest, presumably. Uh, yes. Um, once we get to the vicinity of Elksrest, where yep. I can get some things done... I wish to acquire a potion of comprehend languages yep. and have a conversation with Rat about the com- Rat and then have a conversation yeah. with Rat about the converse- contents you, of his way. You can just go and acquire Svetlana, who speaks Parisian. Uh, yeah, that works too. Yeah, so yeah, we will. So, rather than swapping out for Tristram, I will send a message for Svetlana and have Tristram along as well, but he's not yeah, yeah. contributing yeah. dice rolls. If you're all sitting in the kingdom, that's yeah. no problem. Yeah. Uh, so Svetlana comes along and she says, Oh, Cameron. Oh, Varesians. Yes, I, I speak the tongue, she turns to him, blah, 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 blah. Rats can speak to you now. So, I am Rat. Mm-hmm. What do you wish to know? Um, so, what, um, what are you, you said it wasn't good going back. What are you, what are you folks, um, trying to get away from? This is, we have come from, uh, we, we have come from the, no, it's all hot and dry away. Just, just take a moment, sweetheart, no. We have we have come from the kingdom the kingdom of Pytax, uh, the Clockwork King. Yes, uh, he is a man who is very he is very restrictive in the way that he deals with things and people. We have heard that this is a, that Stagthorn is a land of freedom by comparison that your people are allowed to say and do as they think. In Pytax, we are safe, but. Safe is not all there is to life. We do not want to live under the tyranny of the Clockwork King. All right, I, I think I follow. I think I follow you. Um, the people that travel with me are assorted citizens of Pytax seeking out a new life. I promised them I could lead them. I have some wilderness skill through this swamp. I did not anticipate entirely how dangerous it would be. But did- we could not remain in Pytax any longer. Because um, things are, are things getting worse there. Yeah, the people are not uh, are not captured or tortured or anything of the like of what I hear about Fort Drelev, but there is no dissidence accepted in the Clockwork Kingdom. There are no, there is no humanity in the King's reign. The guards are not people; they are machines. There is no one to negotiate with, barter with, reason with. We hear in Stagthorn all different kinds are welcome. You have uh, many strange cultures and people and creatures here. Aye, and I um, would be more than happy to have your people as part and, of... And he's openly seen as he's moved through the, yeah. the streets of the city. You know, And what we see is through there are kobolds and centaurs. Aye, and I'd be very happy to have... Your people as part of my kingdom. I couldn't help but notice you didn't want me to look in the wagons, and I confess I am wondering why that is. Ah, you'll see. We think you are. We think you are the king of Stag. We thought you were the king of Stagthorn, but there's every possibility you are a uh, a, a deceiver, a, a thief. We have. Everything of value we have taken from Pytax in these wagons. Ah, yeah. Oh, well, that makes good sense. All right, sense motive. Yep. And, and Svetlana gets one as well. Yep. I'm rolling separately to her to see. 
Yep, because she actually has blacksmith. Yes, she is. Uh, uncomfortably used to people lying their asses off to. Yeah, and this is pretty much this is the this is the older, wiser Kaylin. Okay, so what's yours? Nineteen. Okay, so you will not hit that. So y- you get no further information from the GM. Yeah. Uh, Svetlana assists you. Svetlana assists you. Sister, Ah, I see. Yes, that is very understandable. It is all right. The, the king is a good man. He acts well within the confines of the law. And then she, you know, says, I, I will explain what you are saying in his native tongue. He is uh, a half-orc, you understand. And <laughs> turns to you and says to you in orcus, Well, he is telling the truth from a certain point of view. Everything in the wagons is what they took from Pytax. Oh, he's smuggling stuff in? Uh, I suspect not so much smuggling as actively stealing. Oh, right. I believe he does not find Pytax to his climb because Iravetti is more uh, ruthless in his enforcement of laws about smuggling and theft. And I believe that Rat and his people have helped themselves to some of Pytax's uh, valuables on their way out. I see. And you're looking and going, okay, uh, these wagons are really eclectic. Ah, uh, the wagons don't belong to him. Like, uh, there's six wagons in there, two of them probably legitimately belong to the people. Yeah. Four of them he's just nicked from the Kingdom of Pytax on the way out, or citizens of the Kingdom of Pytax. Alright. Alright. Um, well, this sounds like a situation of a, a little bit of political complexity. Let's get these folk, uh, let's get these folks settled in and have a quick chat with Michaela about, um, how we want to handle this. Yep, which you can do with ease. Yep. Right, and then you have your inner council. Yes. Yes, which works great because we already got Svetlana and Tristram, so we just track down Brynn and Michaela and have a quick confab about her, yeah. our new refugee friends. And so going through now with this knowledge, uh, Kaelin can assess they stole the wagons. Yeah. They stole the horses that are pulling the wagons. Yeah. Uh, because they're reasonably fine horses. Yeah. Uh, moreover... They probably stole them from Iravetti himself. Oh. As opposed... Or, you know, from the palace, as opposed to personally out of Iravetti's pants. Um, And none of you have looked inside the wagons, but there's probably stuff in there they piped off with, too. Yeah. Um, what, given that Svetlana got a really good sense motive, what does she think about, um, their assessment of how accurate they're being about... Like, are they genuinely yeah, I, leaving because they think they're in peril of their lives? Or I got no impression that the rat was um, that rat was lying about that. I do not think the climb of Pytex is hospitable to his ilk. I suspect he is a some sort of professional smuggler. I've seen his type come through the trading post several times before. Um, he did not directly claim to be a citizen of Pytex. He is a passing traveller who is uh, taking on these people who also wish to leave. Um, and Rat openly tells you that, you know, he sold them his services as a guide, but yeah. nothing. he doesn't appear to have gouged them or anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the, um, about that. So Rat is a not entirely legitimate person. Yeah, Rat is a, Veriz- is a, is a Verizian uh, Skarsny, basically. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering... A gypsy thief. Yeah, I was thinking this this had a Skarsny flavour to uh, it. Who has come to Pytex to do trading and travelling and that just on a part of his travels, has yeah. found Pytex deeply inhospitable to him, and has pinched a bunch of things and taken a bunch of people who have yeah. also pinched a bunch of things on the way out. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I take what he was saying quite legitimately. They uh, certainly they believe Innovetti is is something of a tyrant, and they are not free to be there. None of them will want to go back. And I don't want to send them back. I mean, the young he'll quite certainly kill them. Um, what I want to know is, um, and I'm looking to Michaela. Yeah. If um, how likely is Innovetti to be pissed off at us if we keep them? And is this one of those times where it's better that I just didn't spot this and, you know, we're just the clueless innocents? Almost certainly. Although that will now rely on your ability to fool the clockwork king if he investigates this personally. Well, the other thing I'm thinking is... With your well-known bluff skill. Uh, what I'm thinking is if he investigates this personally and he's pissed off with us, I'd be happy to offer him some kind of a wear guild in exchange for... I mean, he probably cares more about the monetary value of the stuff. I suspect that what the Clockwork King cares about is that the law is enforced. He will... These people are undeniably criminals under his regime. He will want them turned back over, along with the gear that was stolen. The gear, certainly we can return... I mean, if these people need... If these refugees need things for a new life, we can provide it to them. There will be some some cost to the kingdom, I'm certain, but that... we, We cannot turn them back over. No, I'm not doing that. Not even, not even Rat. Even though he is probably, he is probably a Skarsgård smuggler. Um, I might, you know, I might have a little chat with him about the laws of the kingdom and that, you know, while we're a freedom-loving people and all that, we do take that kind of thing seriously. And then at least he can keep his, um, keep he can do his best to keep me from finding out anything he don't want me to know. Seems fair enough. I mean, we've got all types here. I um. I don't have any objection to that, but I'm not handing these people over to a Vessi. Yeah, so the understanding of Pytax's laws, and a remove, but you yeah. have plenty of people at this who are either experts or could find out fairly easily. Um, Erevetti's Clockwork Kingdom has uh, justice and laws. There's no yeah. just arbitrary um, executions. You know, They yeah. have arrests, they have trials, they have all this sort of thing. But they have feel they're on the fairly ruthless end for punishments. Yeah. There's no sadism. These people wouldn't be tortured or anything like that. But, you know, if they're robbing from the king, it'll just be executions across the board. Including for the kids? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Um, the, well, depending on... Yeah, they're only 12. They It depends on their story. Yeah. You know, if they knew what they were doing, yes. If not, they're not culpable functionally because yeah. they're minors. Yeah. Yeah, no. But it's it's the harsh sentence, right? You stole from the king, you get executed. You yeah, know, we're not saying this, but you get executed. There's yeah. no question about this. Yeah, no. Assuming they would be found guilty under Pytax's laws, but they're carrying around a bunch of stolen stuff with them. They're clearly guilty under Pytax's yeah. oh, laws. Yes. All right. Moreover, everyone's read on Irovetti is that Irovetti, you know, cares about the law with a big capital L. And if he finds that you are sheltering these people, he will come and ask you to hand them the fuck back again. Right. Oh, well, it's not as... Oh, well, then we're probably in for some diplomatic trouble, but at least we're already braced for it. um, Not like I took him out of his kingdom. All I did... They were in Dreadlift's lands. All I did was help him back here. And he's certainly familiar with me telling them he can't have things he wants off me. I doubt he'll expect anything different. Now, we'll, um, if he wants us, I, I don't feel a need to take notice of his stuff unless he comes asking for it, but if he asks for it, we'll, ha- we'll, um, hand him back, we'll hand him back what was stolen and make arrangements and it's worth the rave. And if he, um, 
wants a um, weird guild of that as they do up on the lawn learns for not handing the people over, I'd be prepared to pay something of the kind. But Irrevity isn't a man to compromise on what he wants, what he wants, and what he's going to want is them back, and he can't have them. Yeah. So, do you want to cut ahead to that conversation, effectively? That, that uh, sounds pretty Irrevity cool. is neither psychic nor spectacularly invested in this. Yeah. Um, he will take a couple of weeks to actually discover this is happening and yeah. make no efforts to conceal it, but then he'll come looking. Yeah. No, I, I don't think there's any particular point making a huge effort to conceal it. So um, the only thing, I'll make certain the people are settling in, and I'll have a conversation with, um, was it Rat? Rate? Rut. Rut. Rat with two A's. Right, rats. I have a convers- uh, which is, now that you think about it, almost certainly an alias of some kind. Yeah. I'll have a conversation with him where I, in a general way, mention some of the laws of the kingdom yep. that he might be interested in knowing. Yeah, yeah, he's it definitely was, savvy enough through doing like that. It is basically that, um, you know, it, it would be best if I didn't find out. Art understands to, freedom need rules. Yeah, it, that, um, it would be best if he did, I didn't have to take official... It, it would be better for him if I never found out he was a smuggler. <laughs> like, <he's> yep, yep. <laughs> Rat has had many such conversations with many people in his life. Yeah. And particularly uh, that I didn't find out that he was smuggling anything particularly nasty. Like, you know, it, it's certainly, you know, it's bad to smuggle alcohol, but it's much worse to smuggle, you know, deadly poisons and things of that ilk. <laughs> and then... A couple of weeks after this, <laughs> Irovetti teleports in with a couple of his clockwork guards in front of the gate. Yep. Um, and, you know, requests from the guards that he wishes to see you regarding a matter of some thieves that you have taken into your kingdom, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yep. Doesn't make any effort to invade your palace or any of this. He appears, then sort of demands, sort of requests. Yep. And, 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 and Caelan will come on down. Dressed up formally and all that. And in comes the clockwork king. Oh, and it's still in his heavy full plate clockwork armour, the metal mask over his face. Hail Taylor, King of Stagthorn. Hail King Hail King Erevetti. Again we come to odds. I'm afraid so. Your kingdom contains a man answering to the name of Rat and seventeen refugees with him. Seven, and seventeen escapees with him. Yes. Are you aware that they are citizens of Pyt? That all of them save Rat are citizens of Pytax? They did mention something of the kind. Then I have come to request my citizens be returned and the gear that they carried with them. Uh, and um, Kellen nods. I um expected something of a kind, and um will beckon Irvetti into a nearby area. Yeah, yeah. Where he's, he will... he's probably in having a meeting with you in the throne room. Yeah. So uh, the um. The um, I will fetch fetch one of the pages, and um, your wagons and the um stuff we've assessed as belonging to you are um. Yeah, yeah. The page reads out. Um, yeah. What's what you've got here? Are um parked parked out in the stables. You can um organise taking them back with you as you prefer. Irvity nods nods along with this. That is a full that is a full accounting. Uh, he has actually bought a uh, redundant number of clockwork guards with him, probably for the purposes of escorting them back yeah. a long way while he teleports back. Yeah, that's what I... Um, I that's big, um, you can um, organise um, hooking your folk up and um, taking them out at your discretion. We can look after them for you a bit if it's not convenient, but I pre- presume you'd rather take him now. That is an accurate accounting minus supplies that were doubtlessly used along the way. 
The horses are the most valuable part, along with the wagons. It is good to hear that they will be returned in full. That is adequate. And how am I to take custody of the people? I'm afraid the kingdom of Stagthorn does not choose to extradite the people to. You do not have claim over Pythax's citizens, King Stagthorn. And, um, so I will have, can I have researched some of the laws here? Yeah. Um, like Pytax, we don't have an extradition treaty with Pytax. No. Yeah. No. Erevetti yeah, does not deal that way with people. Yeah. Um, his, his claim here is they belong to him. Yeah, gotcha. Cool. He has no, he has no legal right to take them off you, and ultimately these kinds of things are decided by going to war if it comes that far. Or yeah, yeah, no, that's or right. Guild or whatever otherwise. Yeah, no, so... E- even if you had a treaty with him, you could still absolutely turn around and flip him off. Yeah. Um, the, um, I'm afraid my kingdom has a tradition that those who escape ape from conditions and reach make it as far as Stagthorn are allowed to stay. They have asked... Uh, asked, they have sought refuge with me, and I have granted that. The gear that they have taken has been removed without permission from the royal palace of Pytax. They are thieves and traitors. The traitors' part is a matter of your own kingdom's policy. I accept the. I accept that they are thieves. Then why are you deliberately harboring criminals? They are of no economic value to your kingdom. They are citizens of Pytax, and the safety and security of Pytax must be ensured. I will um, ensure that they don't cross the border back into your kingdom and cause you further trouble. If you... um... That is inadequate. It is a matter of perception. The people must see that justice is done. Thieves must be punished. The law must be enforced. What you do to your own in your own borders is your own business. But these people are in my kingdom now, and that's not how we do things here. And the mirrored eyes and his clockwork mask sort of stare at you. Again, you've seen this look on him a few times, just completely uncomprehending. Yeah. Because it's a moral... You're, you have a moral objection. Yeah. Uh, you understand the situation correctly. These people are of very limited economic benefit to your kingdom. They have no useful skills. They are thieves and liars, a chaotic force that will disrupt your kingdom. You will doubtlessly have to face the task and costs of arresting and trying them yourself at some point in the future. They are citizens of Pytax, and it is my responsibility to protect and care for them as long as they follow the laws of Pytax and to punish them if they do not. What is your objection to this? What do you possibly hope to gain from keeping them? I believe it's the right thing to do. With the exception of the man Rat, who I accept is very likely a career criminal and Skazny smuggler, the rest of them, I believe, are just citizens who got in over their heads. They, um, I don't believe they'll make trouble for me, and... They need a place to live that's safe for them. Well, I accept the majority of um, Pytax's citizens are safe under your leadership. It is not a safe. It is not a safe place. It would not be a safe place for these people. 
My people will be kept safe from all threats, internal and external. And I have no wish to become a threat to your people. I have, um, while we may have had numerous diplomatic disagreements, I have never crossed your borders, nor have I crossed the borders of any kingdom uh, um, who um, didn't begin a war with me. I accept that premise is true, but your argument has no... Your argument for keeping them has no weight, no purpose. A moral matter has no value. I think You are allowing the laws of your kingdom to be dictated by the foolishness of your heart. It is a weakness and a mistake, one I have rectified in Pytax. We have different points of view on how to handle these matters. And you can make a um, Sith motive channel. Yep. I got a um, 25. Okay, you've had several conversations with Eravetti on this line. You've, you've now got a really good read on what's going on here. You don't know if he's actually a clockwork man or he's still a person under all that armor. Yeah. Um, but he talks about his heart and things like he's... And he talks about your weakness of the heart and that like he's purged himself of those weaknesses some time ago. You know, among other things, that he used to be a an human actual man. human man. Yeah, uh, no, an actual human and noble of his kingdom. How much of that he has changed, you don't know specifically. But he's definitely now heartless. He is incapable of lending moral weight to these sorts of things because morality no longer has any meaning to him. So it's a bit... I mean, obviously, Caelan doesn't know about this, but it's a bit like the Packmaster Guards. Like... Um, they're incapable of having... Yeah, he is emotionless. In fact, you would get exactly that sort of thing. You do not think that he would be capable of becoming inspired or moved by artistry or something like that. But equally, you do not think that Erebeti is capable of being afraid or guilty or things in that neighbourhood. Yeah, he's incapable of making anything. He's not only incapable of making anything but the logical choice, he's incapable of comprehending any decision other than that. If those emotions are still in him on any level, he has buried them very deeply here. He is not here because he is upset that you have taken his people, he is not annoyed with you, it's he just fails to comprehend your point that it's a mo- you're keeping them because it's a moral issue, and he will again try to explain it several yeah. times what this means economically, um, what their relative value is, etc., etc. Yeah, and Caelan will just go round with him until he's prepared to take Caelan's word that this is going to happen, even if it is illogical. And um, Caelan will offer him um, a... Wear guild? Wear guild, yeah. if he's interested in that. This is a this is foolish. However, the economic costs of pursuing this matter further uh, do not outwe- do not outweigh the, the economic losses. Do not outweigh the benefits. Therefore, it is wisest for me to negotiate on this matter. The value of the goods is returned. The value of the people is negligible. However, I calculate that to make up for this loss of this loss of law and order within the city of Pytax extra guards will have to be assigned. He starts laying out, his problem is not that he actually wants to punish them for the sake of punishing them. He's literally worked out to an exact digit 
how much extra law enforcement will be required to make up for the fact that his people may become aware that the that refugees... They, they have other options, yeah. yeah. And that his people have gotten away with this. And, and he literally lays it out to a figure that he's now going to have to put X extra law enforcement in. Yeah. And that's what it's going to cost him, and that's the wiggle he wants to a T. There's no punishment in this cost. Yeah. He wants to build what add up to roughly two bill points worth of stuff. Yeah. And um, Kalen is actually happy to um, accept this. Along with his gear back. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. And I'm also happy to put another... Um, I'm happy to put up to another bill point and to get making certain the refugees have something to start life yeah, with. That's getting... a separate matter again. Yeah. Um, and if you wish to do that, is another a third bill point cost. Yeah. yeah, I will go with that. The kids... Because at this point, they've literally got uh, not even the clothes on their back. Yeah. Because everybody wants their back as well. Yeah. So um, I will give... What I'm doing here is I'm not giving them as much as they stole from a Rivesi, yeah, yeah. I, but I am giving them something to You're start. You're giving them the bare necessities they need to live and then a setup of a job. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah, with the conception being that, um, you know, I don't feel the need to compensate them for their stolen property, yeah. but I'm also not taking yeah. everything they have so that they're totally Rat is horrified and explains in so many words that he stole that stuff fair and square, so yeah. now it belongs to him. Yeah, and I will explain in, frankly, quite a blunt way that, you know, if you get caught... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should count his blessings that he is getting to stay in this kingdom instead of going getting yep, back yep. to her. He's not upset by the fact you're taking it off him. He's upset by the fact you're giving it back to Bytax. Because yep. that's just a waste. You could steal it from him with superior force. Yeah. All right. And yes, um, and Caelan will, you know, um, and Caelan accepts this and accepts the assessment of two bill points and says, I understand that this has um, provided you with an inconvenience and I am prepared to make that inconvenience good. To the best of my ability, to the be- as far as I am prepared to go. Then we are then we are agreed, payment to be arranged through the usual channels. Once again, we have once again we have come into we have come into conflict, unavoidable conflict. It will cost you in the end. I will regret that. You are a worthy king, and in other circumstances, your land would thrive. And um, I would um, like to, if possible, postpone the day that we may find ourselves unable to reconcile these matters peacefully. For as long as possible, in both our interests. In the, for as long as possible, in the interests of the River Kingdoms. Agreed. And when he says that one, um, you get a couple more things off your sense motive read. Yep. Uh, Iravetti sees the conflict between you as being kind of inevitable, and Kaelin, I think, is pretty much operating from the same premise. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a question of when, not if. Yeah, at some point, there's, like, he's never once bent on any of these things, yeah. and Kaelin has never once given him what he wanted, yeah. and sooner or later... There's going to be something there's going to be something. compromise on. And there's going to be something that he wants that I can't give him that he is prepared uh, to well, he's make, here. make his demand forceful. Iravetti will once again offer to purchase Bryn first and the sword off you. Once yep. again, you will turn them down. Yep. Does he say anything about the Orvin Bane thing? Uh, no. Ah. Um, he... Because he already told me that, you know, I shouldn't try and conquer him with Orvin Bane or he'll kick my ass. Yep. Uh, he doesn't seem to be concerned in the slightest that you've gotten rid of it because he has no dog in that fight whatsoever. Cool. Um, indeed, it's in, it's actively in his best interest that you don't have Orban Bane to come and kick him in the head with. Yeah. 
Um, but nor does he thank you for it, offer you congratulations. And yeah, no, no, because... I wasn't expecting that. I was wondering if he'd be pissed because I know he supports Gorum in a cold kind of way. Yeah, but in a cold kind of way. Yeah. Um, what you get off him as... Are you bringing this conversation up with him? No, just... I'm just curious as yeah. if he no, brings he it up. Because he... the thing about Eruvetti is you're never in the dark about if he wants something. Yeah. He, he, he just comes right out and tells it. And the impression you take away from him is that, from his point of view, the problem is solved. Orvin Bane is gone. Yeah. There's no point dwelling on it. Any moral judgment, and any sort of judgment he would give against you would be moral. Yeah. It was the wrong thing for you to do. But actually, logically, it was the right thing for you to do. So he's in support of yeah. you getting rid of Orphan Bane. Yeah. But he doesn't come out and congratulate you on it because there's no point in doing so. You've yeah. done it. The congratulations will serve no purpose. Yeah. You know, making you feel good about your choice is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. no, that's right. Although um, he did congratulate us. He congratulated Jod for um, the Eye of Oculus. Yes, for the Oculus of Abaddon. Yeah, but then I don't know why he did what he did in that regard. And I'm still kind of waiting for accepting that robot dog to bite me in the ass if... Um, Literally. Yeah. As long as it doesn't bite John, I don't care if it bites Caitlin. Uh, it is not the kind of thing that he's going to bring up, but if you want to have a conversation with him about Orphan Bank, you're most welcome to. No, that's okay. Okay, so that's that's what you take away from yeah. him. The last thing you get is he says that, you know, he thinks the conflict is inevitable, you think the conflict is inevitable. When he says that he'll regret that, that's genuinely true he's not completely emotionless he just runs on it vastly lower than anyone else he's running on about 10% of the emotional level of any normal human being he is still capable of feeling regrets and therefore things like guilt and anger and that it's just all buried it's very and squashed buried. so hard down yeah if he kills you he says he'll regret that and because he doesn't tend to tell a lot of lies that's probably true yeah you know but he won't exactly spend a lot, spend hours yeah. grieving over it into the night. He'll just go, that was unfortunate and unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically the gist is, um, like, Kalen respects Iravetti. He doesn't like him at all, but he does respect him. And, you know, as rulers go, there's certainly, you know, he certainly respects him a lot more than Drelev. There's that, the, um, I'm thinking of the, um, the bit in the um, going postal where um, Vetinari and his enemy look at each other and then they look at the really dumb guy in the room and it's like, I don't like you at all, but I respect your talents and that guy is not up to our league. That's what I'm yeah. kind of thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Alright. And... and and yeah, and I'm happy that that was, that was relatively settleable. I figure we can either... Uh, you've, you've clocked your three build points. I have clocked my three yep. build points. I figure we can either break there and go out and have a walk and a break and then come back to it, or we can just leave it there as you would prefer. Um, let's at least have a break and some lunch and then see how we feel and okay, what's so happening. For the moment, we will leave it on um, Erebeti. says, let us hope that the conflict between us can be avoided as long as possible for the good of all the River Kingdoms. Dun, dun, dun. As it turns out, that was the end of our session there. Thanks for listening, folks.